Okay, everyone, welcome to <laughs> Demystifying Wellness. This is the season and the podcast themed being you. Mm-hmm. And this is episode two of Demystifying Wellness as a season. And this episode is all about joy and cultivating joy. And this is one of those things I haven't spoken to you about, like nope. what is it going to be and what are we saying? Because I, I just want to hear it organically from you. And I can see you're a little uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. The, the tables have turned. Everyone <laughs> from the last time, Steph was in the comfort seat and he was like all proud and chest yeah. puffed out. And now he's feeling very uncomfortable. He's like, what are we talking about? And like, I'm like, speaking about joy. Oh, okay. This is like the opposite to the tech world yeah. and all that you're used to talking about. It really is something that's a bit left field for you. Even the literature that you consume relative to this, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Interesting. You know, um, let's talk about <laughs> well, then chat you're GPT the perfect or something. person because hopefully you will learn a little bit today. Oh, I'm going to ask you, that's it. I represent on the podcast, the layman. So for those of you that have never heard of us, Lisa's in the wellness and health space, etc. I'm in the technology space. We are married. We decided to do this podcast. Um, actually, we didn't decide to do this podcast. Let me fix that. <laughs> I forced Made Lisa do it. <laughs> to do this podcast because there is so much that Lisa has contained within her, in her head and her heart that needs to be said. And unfortunately, there's just not many platforms for you to do that. And, you know, you get onto TV and they edit the hell out of it to make it fit into two minutes. We've said that on the episode one. We, 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 any other platform, I mean, webinars. Even social, only, people just don't yeah. have the attention span. span you know, yeah. I'm told to do everything in a 90 second reel TikTok I need to get to the point in the first 10 seconds um, mm. on Facebook you know long winded videos people drop off after the first two minutes so it's very frustrating because a lot of these topics do require a deep dive mm. they do require context and time and patience and you really need to get to the crux of it all and you can't just simplify it it's mm. not sim- so simple and it's very frustrating when the new ways are everything is instant everything is quick um, especially the the whole Gen Z like era Uh, they want everything piecemeal you know just give it to me give me the highlights but that's not life you know and by the way so just so everyone knows we're doing this in our gym (laughs) with a makeshift setup uh, on a a makeshift setup and and thanks to gavin and the solid gold team for giving us us. (laughs) giving us this equipment i'm gonna try and hold on to this because i think it's really cool equipment gavin took me through taught me how to set it up and yeah, we're sitting here so this is solo this is no studio no we the tech is our responsibility it's quite intimidating but just getting back to what this is all about because i think i need to keep track of where we're going so demystifying wellness it is uh, a key question again i want to ask you why are we doing this i prompted you to do it we said it was long form but i think there's more of an element that you should probably speak about like why what's your intention with this podcast because it's really this is yours I'm yeah. really just an MC at this event. Yeah, um, I think, wow, main reason behind it, besides the fact that you forced me to do it, <laughs> is probably because like, I do feel that I have a lot to say. And the frustration, as I mentioned on, on episode one, is really real when it comes to trying to keep things short, get to the point, keep it simple. You know, people don't have attention spans. Uh, this podcast really is for people that do have a bit of an attention span and would like to know the whys and the hows of why I do things the way I do them. And it doesn't come with one year of experience. Mm. I mean, there's loads of fitness influencers and wellness gurus all over social media, people that have oh yeah, just done a year's quick course and wear too little clothing and now they call themselves this fit fitfluencer. Mm. Um, and I see it all the time. It's quite frustrating. I mean, I've been in this industry for 23 years. 
my whole life, since I was 18, I studied it. I actually was 17 when I started studying fitness and health. And I'm 41 now. I just had a birthday between this last podcast yeah, and right. this one. Well, we'll talk I'm about a whole what, year older. Oh my gosh. We'll talk about everything that's happened since the last yeah, time. But, yeah. So, you know, it's a long time. I've, I've seen a lot. I've been through a lot. 23 years ago, fitness and wellness was not as trendy as it is now. It was definitely more frowned upon when I was younger. Mm. People would look at a fitness person and, and think, wow, you're quite vain. <laughs> All you do is gym and you watch what you eat and you do protein shakes and it kind of had the stigma around it. Um, and only in the last five years, I've seen a shift where people are actually respecting those that invest in their health and make time for mindfulness and, you know, really respect their bodies and their sleep patterns. And, you know, when you say, sorry, guys, I've got a cutoff or I've, I need to spend time with my family or I can't do Saturday morning because I'm actually going for a run or, you know, I respect those people. I always have. But now the respect is is returned. Yeah, but I also <laughs> think it's because of COVID. I mean, so much happened during COVID that people are so aware. And I think it's in everyone's subconscious. Uh, I think on a business level in I mean, enterprise. I saw the shift even before then, though. Oh, for, really? for about a decade, I've, I've seen the shift. I mean, I've been plant-based now or vegetarian more and a bit of plant-based, um, so vegan eating, for, I would say, 14 years. And when I first became a vegetarian, it was very difficult to find options on a menu, to find the right food products in your local store. It was very expensive. Mm. I was the odd one out. Now, every single store offers a plant-based alternative. I still remember, every restaurant do, do as well. Do you remember that time we went to New York? And we walked <laughs> it's into raw it's raw hay. <laughs> you can still remember that. So just oh, the backstory geez. to that little internal joke is we went to New York. And I think we were just dating. This is early years. And, um, I wanted to try this, this famous vegan person yeah. that I'd been following on Instagram. She had a restaurant and it was, it was raw. <laughs> it was raw vegan. <laughs> it was raw vegan. So not just vegan. Okay. Yeah. Or, or vegetarian where there's cheese and stuff. There's none of that. It's vegan, but it's not cooked yeah. vegan. It's raw. So I think I forgot that in I'll the back forget. of my head that this is a raw restaurant. <laughs> and then we, we and one of the start, the starter came and it was this huge, big, like flour. yellow flour stuffed with flour. a mousse of some kind of mousse inside it. But it was just a flour. And, and we, was, we looked at each other. Like, it? <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, exactly, like, oh is this gosh. an ornament? Or can we eat this? And it was we're beautiful. Like, it was beautiful. It's it was strange. Very like strange. Orangey color. the main meal was a veggie curry, like a, a, a Thai green coconut curry. So I was like, oh, I feel like that. Mm. So we ordered it and, you know, had our first bite and crunch, crunch, crunch. I'm like, wow, it's raw. <laughs> it's like, it didn't look raw. It looked cooked like a proper like, just, by the way, curry. I, I remember watching <laughs> I you. This is early days. I was trying to impress the hell out of you. And like some of your wellness stuff, I wasn't into back then. Because yeah. I was still like, it was early days. But when we went to that restaurant, I was skeptical. And then I was very skeptical. And I was watching you. And I didn't want to say anything. Like this was like really, really SHIT yeah. food. Yeah. It was like, I just didn't didn't like this food i was eating it felt like someone had dug it up and uh, and i watched you and you were eating and you were eating and i just i was crunch, it was crunch. so difficult for me and you said nothing i said nothing for quite a while and we were eating and eating and then you looked up and you went this is raw hey <laughs> Well, we both had the giggles, but insane giggles. We couldn't Jeez. stop giggling the entire rest of our meal. The waiter, waitress was coming to our table thinking that we were high on something. It was bad. But I mean, it was a night we'll never forget. And whenever we see raw, we look at each other. It's like, 
It's raw. Hey, it's it's like, raw. It, will never, it was definitely a situational thing. Um, but I think we both forgot when we walked in yep. that it was, it was not just vegan, it was raw. Anyway, anyway so coming back to points so, on yeah, the podcast. So really, yeah. really no. I mean, things have changed. Things have shifted. I no longer feel shy or embarrassed to say that I'm vegetarian or that I'm uh, in the health industry or what I do for a living um, or the way I eat or the way I think or my habits. I, I feel very proud of it. I know that I've got a tribe around me that are also proud of it. There's a movement in the world that is more gung for let's live our best lives for as long as possible. Mm. It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful to see the shift from when I began to like now, but even a decade ago, it did start. And yes, since COVID, it has been, um, what accentuated, um, and mm. definitely amplified. The message out there is our health is our wealth. And more than ever, we are seeing an uptake of people concerned about, you know, their stats and concerned mm. about sleep and concerned about immune systems and inflammation and DNA and genetics and all sorts. So for me, it's wonderful to see. But when, coming, back to, this. coming back to that, <laughs> it New took York, a pandemic, you yeah, know, it took a pandemic. But <laughs> going back to the New York story, I think the reason I brought that up was in the early days, and this is like a decade ago, when you and I were seeing each other, just in the very initial innings, um, that was fascinating going to New York because they had all the restaurants. Because when you came back to South Africa, there were no vegan restaurants. There a was few no in Cape Town, but, uh, yeah, not, but not here. up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that, that was that was. And it. your options really were a plate of fries, um, a Greek salad, um, sides of veggies like uh, cream spinach or mm-hmm. some butternut, a baked potato maybe mm-hmm. if you're lucky, mm-hmm. and then maybe some kind of pasta with a tomato-based sauce. And maybe a pizza. So carb heavy, processed heavy, uh, lots of gluten, uh, lots of cheese, mm. mushrooms, which I can't stand, unfortunately. But uh, it was the, the choice was minimal. So I'd go out and eat at all the restaurants with everyone else, but I would just choose a side. And I'd be like, don't worry, I'm fine. I'll have a Greek salad. Mm. But there were no beautiful choices uh, like there are now. Now, you know, if you go to a restaurant and there's not at least 10 options for a vegetarian or vegan, it's strange. Um, so yeah, it's, it's made my life a lot easier. But let me just say something about food. What something that comes up often is when I meet people and they go, Oh, Lisa Riley. And they go, So what does she eat? <laughs> like, what do you guys eat? Because we always say we, I'm plant based now too with you. And I've never felt better mm-hmm. switching over to it, et cetera. But the point is when we go out and we eat, I always watch what other people have on their tables. And people will have like ribs and spinach Chops. and that. But then when <laughs> I take a look at our, when I look at our table, it's a diversity. There's so much going on mm. on the table. But anyway, this is not about food. Yes, Let's we'll, stop, d- stop, we'll stop. do that in a completely separate episode. Yeah. I'd love to unpack protein and like that's definitely a question we get a lot. But how do you get all your protein in? So I think a vegetarian, vegan, plant-based and how much protein is correct for you mm. is definitely one of the subjects okay. for later okay, so on. First, so, so next thing is we just want to yeah. thank everyone for the engagement on episode one and hopefully it's not a fad but uh, the feedback from the solid gold team is that the engagement is they've never seen this type of engagement before so we've had people actually listen to the one hour 40 minutes because when we finished that recording and it was a mammoth recording and i I must be honest i didn't even feel done after that i could have continued um anyway and we looked at each other one hour 40 i'm like gavin you're gonna have to cut that he's like we're not cutting anything um and yet there was a lot of people that tuned in right to the end they were listening to the very end so for all those out there that did listen to episode one thank you for you know 
making it your uh, Netflix movie of choice that specific day. I really appreciate it. Um, and it's been great to hear all the feedback. We have had a lot of beautiful messages and comments um, and lots of positive feedback about when's the next one coming out. Yeah. And so, yeah, sorry for the delay on episode number two, but we have our reasons, right, babe? Yeah, lots <laughs> it's has been happened. busy the last I just, two weeks. I just want to say again, I want to emphasize that this is not our day job. We're not good at this. This is not what we do. This is just us sharing on a pro bono basis, sitting down and just saying, hey, we've got to like dispel some of those myths. And I think that's why season one is so important for, for me, demystifying wellness. Because as a layman, there's just too much wellness stuff going on out there. And that's it's confusing. It's like, I need to sleep this way. I need to eat this way. I need to move this way. I need to think this way. And you, if you look at everything coming at you because of social media and all the things that we have access to, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this podcast will do that. And I will represent everyone out there that's not in your industry cool. or doesn't have your mindset because yeah, I mean, we, you guys confuse us because you speak a different <laughs> language and you make it all look so easy. And I think I'll ask you the dumb questions associated with that. So just cool. thank you. Thank you everyone. Um, yeah, the last couple of weeks since the people have asked why did the podcast not come out last week? You promised us a, an episode every week. And we had all the intention to record it. Wow. Um, when we were in Belito, we, we took all this fancy equipment with us and we even dedicated like a time to it. And yeah, one thing after to the other before we knew it was time to come home and we hadn't done it and I felt very disappointed because we happened to be at the ocean with a beautiful view the sun rising in front of us every morning it was awesome and I really wanted to record that episode there because it really emanates like the ideal world for me with the dolphins and the whales in the background and you know the sun rising over the ocean it, it is my happy place to be by the sea and to talk about a topic around happiness and joy it would have been perfect. But anyway, life can't always be perfect. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a lot's happened. We've launched a new studio in Belito with Lisa G. Um, and that, that launch took a lot. You yeah, had to I do did. a lot at that launch. And just so people know that follow Lisa on the rebounding side, um, that's step one of a national strategy. I mean, next we think is going to be a toss up between Pretoria and Cape Town. Those yeah. are the next two points of presence. So we're working hard on that. And that was through a lot of research and surveys with yeah. our clients asking them, you know, where should we go next? And of course, Cape Town put up their hand, please us, you know, mm. don't forget about us at the tip of Africa and uh, Pretoria because yes, it is quite a trek. It's still in Gauteng. But, you know, that it is far enough. But the thing away. is, this is a bounty certified. This is a this is us when we come along. We do have academy members and you can go rebound at their studios, etc. But the difference is this is us having our presence in that particular vicinity with our branding, etc. So that happened. Mm -hmm. We launched in Belito and that we underestimated the amount of effort that it would take to get that going. But it's it's, it's up and running and it's amazing. And, the and I hope response... lots goes wrong so that Lisa G can tell me she needs me down there as often as possible. I'll be like, I'll be there. Lisa G's got a, a crisis, guys. Only yeah. I can fix it. Bye. Um, and then we're also working on some very big things that's upcoming and yeah. what we can't really announce right now. But um, it takes a lot of cycle time to close on that. So Lisa and I are extremely busy human beings. And I know people think um, we like everyone's busy. I know that you are extremely busy. We work. People want to know kind of our routines. I want to go through a Q&A quickly because people want to know, like, what's our routine? I tell you something. We work approximately 
14 hours a day maybe yeah, maybe definitely. more 14 to 16 yeah, hours say, a day I'd say around about there I mean yeah. you start up at 5 and I don't really stop until about 6 at night and then I still no then that's the then evening after Bella goes down a little bit more work mm. yeah and 7 days a week yeah, yeah. but Anyway, we'll talk about how I can do that because, yes. you know, if everyone asks me about the energy. Even our team can't keep up. Our own step, my stepdaughters can't keep up. But there is a secret mm. uh, to having that energy. Yeah. And look, if on my side, um, I've joined um, another board. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing that's happened over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, that's, that's also took a well, lot that of thinking. Well, that actually happened this week. Yeah. No, what well, we thought about it before in terms yeah. of making the decision do to we, do, don't we. Do, do we, don't we. And mm-hmm. I, I joined it because I think it's an incredible company. I'm not going to talk about them on this podcast because my stuff doesn't matter. This is Aww, more about you. Shame, yeah. babe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about stuff that's just going on at the moment in South Africa. Well, we also had a birthday. So before we get into that, oh, yeah, your birthday, um, you it Bella. was my birthday last week, everyone. Um, so yes, and Bella Boo's birthday. So we actually, almost share a birthday thank goodness we don't and your niece's but she birthday. came early very early in fact and she was meant to be an august baby but she came on the 20th of july and my birthday is on the 21st so i feel like my birthday has been hijacked for the last seven years because she's seven um and we need to i need to reclaim it at some point where i maybe celebrate mine when she was meant to be born or something like that on the 8th of august um but yeah so we had two birthdays in the mix um opened a studio, staff got a new board position, um, and there's been a lot going on in the business. So it's just been really busy. And I I promised staff that I would never do a podcast or record a podcast when I felt stressed or overwhelmed Mm. or frazzled or like, okay, we have to keep it short or I never want to do that. I want to be able to give it the time it deserves to feel free to speak as long as we need to speak um, and and not rush it. No, no, within limits. Within limits. Okay. One hour 30 is our (laughs) cap, babe. Like I've got my timer set here. Okay, cool. So um, one of the things I just want to announce there, and I think it's, I don't know when it's going to be live, but we will have podcast at lisareilly.co.za live imminently. Okay, so just give it some time. We'll announce it on social media. Follow us and we'll make noise about it. But podcast at lisarelli.co.za. And that's where you can send questions, etc. People have been sending questions in though. So I've got a bunch of questions and I think we should go through them. Uh, but before we go through them, just generally in South Africa at the moment, let's talk about it. Because a lot of people are like, you're so positive, da, da, da. But like, there's so much going on around us. Load shedding, stage six came in over the last couple of weeks, popped up its head again. Um you know, the Russia crisis, the fuel hikes are going up. Uh, there's a lot going on. Oh, goodness. And I think, but, <laughs> but that's why I always say, that's the reason you need to double down on your wellness. Mm. It's during those it's, times. It's doom and gloom here yeah, out there. So I say to Steph, I'm not going to read any news, please. Do, uh, do not burst my bubble. Like, don't bring that negativity mm. here because... I am quite a sensitive human being, um, and I am definitely more of an optimist, um, this little positivity running around. And Steph is definitely more of a, I wouldn't say pessimist, but a, a realist, I yeah, think. I read the TV. Yeah. yeah. And I've just said to him, you tell me what I need to know. So mm. if things get really bad, if we need to pack up and leave. If, you know, there's something major going on, um, you tell me what I must do. But other than that, I am not going to read. I don't want to know what's going on because I must be honest, it does affects my mood my emotions it makes me worry it makes me feel like maybe all of this is for nothing mm. um, and it, it worries me all the time and I find it really hard to stay positive if I consume a lot of negative stuff whether it's through podcasts or through reading or news or whatever so I leave that to him and uh, I would like to stay in my little positive bubble uh, you can join me here it's a really nice place to be um, and staff can inform us of anything we need to know <laughs> yeah but I just think that that is so pivotal um, around where people's mindsets are People's mindsets in South Africa are not in a good place. I mean, people are stressed. I've never seen people more 
like highly strung, uh, quick to anger. I mean, in the traffic, you mm-hmm. see it all the time. I think people are just worn out. I think we, we're dealing with a lot. Uh, you know, the power goes out. I mean, that's a major thing. It affects so much. It interrupts so much of your flow. And you don't realize how bad it is until you leave for a bit. So every yeah. time we've gone overseas this year, uh, we, you know, there's obviously no load shedding. And then you, you don't, you aren't affected by it for a week or 10 days. And then you kind of let it go after a day two. You're like, oh my gosh, we don't have to charge everything all the time and scramble and try and quickly fit things in whilst you've got power. You don't constantly have this, this fear. And then the minute you land and then you, you try to find an Uber at the airport and you can't because there's no signal. signal. And mm. you're like, oh my gosh, welcome home. Mm. And I had the same thing now when we got back from Belito, the little area that we were staying in, this little community doesn't seem to be affected by water shedding and load shedding. I'm not going to mention the, the area because we wanted to stay that way. <laughs> I don't know why they are not getting it, but for 10 days, we had no concerns about water. We could just consume the water and we had no power issues. And then we got back and it was very stressful. I think we literally came into our house and the power was off. So a lot of people are thinking, should we stay? Should we move to Cape Town? Should we move here? Should we move there? That's on everyone's minds at the moment. I, I, and I just want to shout out to all of you. We feel it the same way. Should we stay? Should we go? You know, that's a conversation that comes up once a week. You know, when you kind of look at the headlines, et cetera. But you know, the world is not great elsewhere. I've lived, uh, you know, I lived overseas in the United States for a long time, several years. And then I came back to South Africa and I came back to South Africa because I didn't want my children to grow up being American in the American mm. system. And, and, uh, we, we, we hear all of this negativity, but I think sometimes we need to focus on the positivity. South Africa is an incredible place. There's a reason so many of us are actually staying. Yes, there are people that are leaving. And if you get affected by some major crime incidents, totally understand it. But this is still, in mm. my opinion, professionally, personally, the best place in the world mm. to live. It's a hard place to beat. Yeah, it's, mm. it's a hard place to beat. You can go somewhere else and then you find, you know, the problem is we don't read local news in France. We mm. don't really read local news in the UK. Yeah. We read headline news and the headlines <laughs> tell us that it's like it's an okay place to go. But when you land there, you know, in the neighborhood where you live, in the area where you live and operate, then you pick up all the social qualms, mm. all the challenges, etc. And if you come back to South Africa, then you realize, yes, there's that element of, oh, load shedding again but if you actually just stop for a second and look at south africa there is so much potential number one number two is irrespective of what the government does irrespective of the terrestrial the people we have like the best yeah, human we beings do. and uh, pretty good weather too yeah we have like amazing mm. weather we have amazing facilities we and uh, just, a diverse culture which yeah, is beautiful beautiful it really is beautiful i mean the, the dress the, the different languages um the chilled vibes i mean as you land it's like we are in Africa. Yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. might frustrate you sometimes, um, but it also is a very beautiful thing, Africa. And just mm. the sort of more lax, you get away with quite a lot. Let's you just say I'm as just- a business owner, it's it's a lot easier to get a business started. Uh, there's a lot of forgiveness. Um, it's, for me, it's it's a wonderful place to start a business. Mm. Uh, there, there's less red tape, let's say, than starting a business in some of the other big first world countries. Yeah. It's very difficult. But also, you know what? I, the other day I was actually thinking about it. I drove past a taxi rank and the traffic was hectic and the taxis weren't da da da. But, and then we, we literally got gridlocked because the power went off and I was there at that particular location. And I put the window down and I was looking at like, and I was, upset because everything has just stopped and all these I was surrounded by these taxis and then the one taxi guy just started talking to me 
And he just laughed and he smiled and we mm. joked at each other. And then the other taxi guy joked with him and an African person's smile, laughter yeah. breaks everything because it's irrespective of the poverty, irrespective of all the challenges. There's no smile like it. I haven't mm. seen a smile like an African smile and an African sense of humor. Um, anywhere else in the world. Yeah. Nowhere else in the world will you see that. There's also quite a sense of tolerance, um, patience and forgiveness. I mean, as a small to medium business, you know, we've gone through a lot as a company in the last three years and we've had some really hard moments and yeah, hairy situations, but we've had a lot of really forgiving patient clients. Like that mm. kind of, you know, what, what we face would definitely not have been accepted in a lot of other cultures and communities in the world. Look, but take like, a look at how we pivoted though. But, but, that's, but we are incredibly resilient as well. Right. So I think that is what's amazing. I know other countries do love to hire South Africans mm -hmm. because we work really hard. We mm -hmm. always make a plan, Buddha mm -hmm. make a plan, you know, and um, we are resilient. Like there's nothing we can't do or figure out or get mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. Obstacles are part of our nature and yeah. we just figure it out regardless. So yeah, we don't give up easily. And just by the way, coming back to the taxis, I just want everyone to know wherever you go in the world, <laughs> Taxis are much worse than the taxis in South Africa. I know some of you may have had like really hectic, hairy incidents, but you go to London, <laughs> black cabs are horrific. You go to the yellow cabs in New York, you go to... Um, oh my gosh, have you gone to Vietnam? Vietnam, yes. or you go to Egypt. Yeah, the, Hanoi. Oh. I was in Hanoi years ago and I was like, this city is annoying. It's, <laughs> it's just... It's <laughs> annoying. <laughs> um, number one, it's cold, by the way. You think you're going from Thailand to Vietnam and it's warm. But mm. I arrived and it was freezing. Mm. I had no clothes and all the people are really small. You think I'm small. I went to the shops um, and everything was really short. <laughs> so mm. I wore really short jeans and really short tops for the whole time I was there because I was a big person in Vietnam. So good luck shopping there. But uh, yeah, it was just, it, that is chaos. Everyone knows what's kind of going on, but there's lots of bike crashes all the time. Mm. Every type of transport on the roads at the same time with no traffic lights. It is crazy so this is mild SA is mild and you have to travel and be exposed to other things I guess to be able to compare but you know what if you're stuck in a jam it's the guy in the taxi that will give you a space yeah. like if you've done something wrong the guy in the taxi will usually be the guy that's going okay 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 and they'll make a space for you to get in and I just think we need to be tolerant it's it's our people it's who we are it's our culture but mm -hmm. I think we get lost in the machinations and the headlines and the, the negativity and the idiocy that we see in certain leadership positions yeah. in the country. But I still, I will say this because I, I do have access to certain platforms. Let me just say that. So, and I do get to hear some of what we're doing. And I almost feel like someone at ESCOM should come out and truly <laughs> tell people about what's happening there. Yeah. That's a good news story happening over there. I think what's happening at, you know, Transnet and these places, they are good news stories mm -hmm. that people just don't know them because that doesn't, don't be driven by the headlines. I guess from a, well, coming yeah. back to the podcast and the objective of this podcast, yes, there are negative headlines, but there's always another side to the story. A newspaper doesn't sell a, a, a website that's a news website doesn't get clicks when it tells you escom's going to solve its problems or whatever right it doesn't it doesn't do that so you need to focus on what makes good you news. happy <laughs> the good news and i can tell you folks that things are going well in a lot of spaces where, where I'm So I saying. want to mention and you know i subscribe to this website platform it's called uh, good goodthingsguy.com okay mm -hmm. now he actually just met Oprah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was pretty amazing. So anyway, um, I really love the fact that 
that whole platform is about spreading good news. So yeah. if there's any news that I want to read, it's going to be that. So if you want to subscribe to something that is good, 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 good news, like that is the one thing I do read is all the positive things that are going on in our country. Mm-hmm. Because when you do see those things, it really does help your day. It does make you feel a lot more positive about South Africa. That There's a lot of good stuff. So if I, yes, if you're going to read the news, make sure it's the positive type. But as far as Lisa and Stafford's concerned, we're not going anywhere. We love South Africa. Yeah. We love our country. We have lots of hope. We see a lot of positive and we don't get drowned out by mm. all these headlines. And I just want to encourage everyone, just stop getting drowned out by it yeah. because it can affect your wellness journey. It can affect your yeah. mindset and, and everything. It can trip you up completely. Well, just, we need more people to stay, please, because we need the talent, you know, we need yeah. people to stay. And, um, yeah, we just, yeah, for me, it's, um, we need the, the, what do, what do we call it, babe? The people that are skilled to, to stay in our country. Like, yeah, skilled labor. Well, okay. Well, that, that's what you can call it. Labor sounds like a terrible word, <laughs> but we do need people to try and stay here. I think for me, the only frustrating part about SA at the moment is, um, well, not the only. Let me just take that part back. It's not only the one major thing for me is that we've got beautiful nature. So we've got rivers, tons of them, and we've got our own natural waterfalls and we've got beautiful dams and we have the most incredible hiking you know, areas, but the problem is that a lot of it is not accessible. So it's not clean. Mm. And that's a big frustrating factor because I keep asking clients, please get out, get, get into nature, go hiking, you know, go jump in the water, go jump in the sea. But the problem is half the time, you know, those specific things are not accessible. They have E. coli in them or they have some weird plant growing. Um, they're dirty. They, you know, people are washing their clothes in it. And, and so it is the situation we're in, but it does make it frustrating for me as somebody who's trying to be a proponent for living a healthy outdoor lifestyle. And yet a lot of the things that we want to to try and do, you can't touch. Hmm. It's not safe or it's not clean. And that's very frustrating. It so I mean, for me, that is like a major goal for me for South Africa is can we just sort out our dams and our rivers and our hikes and make things like accessible and, and usable and safe. Oh, that's like that world peace thing. So if this was oh, yeah. a pageant, you'd be on stage. I know, but it's, it's, it is peace. pretty frustrating because that's one of the reasons we keep traveling to places like Reunion is because you can jump in the waterfall, you can swim in the sea, you can go into the river and you don't have to worry about it. Like you can actually drink the river water if you mm-hmm. wanted to. You can go on a hike and not think about, am I safe? So yeah, I think that's why we escape to those mm-hmm. sort of places is that we can have the nature experience, but not have to worry about any of those elements. Okay, cool. So there, there are some questions that have come in. I've coalesced them. Some person asked pretty much every single question that we had coalesced. And I, I, I do think that you should tackle some of these. So, um, she talks about you being an extraordinary person and have the results oh, in your life. <laughs> uh, but then you must be driven by some core beliefs and values, uh, because our beliefs govern our life. She says, therefore, I was wondering, what are your core beliefs that you live by and what are your personal values that you have? Hmm. Okay, so that is a beautiful question. It is, so yeah. yeah, thank you. Just by the way, we're amateurs here, so don't make your face go away from the mic. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. I looked away earlier and Steph gave me this whole, that's why I lost my train of thought when I was talking about don't Sorry. leave the country and he's like, he's giving me some kind of hand gesture. I'm like, what is that hand yeah, gesture? Just, yeah. We need a code, babe. You need to like tell me what these things are for. Anyway. Um, okay. So some core values. Um, okay. Besides the fact that I have, you know, my health is wealth mantra and, uh, cause that seems pretty selfish in a way. I do have a purpose 
for being on this planet. And I think I've known this purpose for a very long time. So values would be health 100%, me first, everyone else second. For those listening, there's a reason to this. And I think we did mention it on the last podcast, but I'll quickly refresh. So everybody that comes to see me at some point in time, especially women, okay, um, have this like resentful kind of feeling. Um, they come and see me and they are angry. They feel that they don't matter. They don't count. They're exhausted. They are extended. They are feeling that like they're not seen. They're mm. not appreciated. And the resentment is starting to build up. They feel like everybody else has come first for many years. So whether it's their businesses, their children, their spouses, their partners, and they've been left like the last leftovers, you know, the crumbs. And it's that they've done that mm. to themselves. And through the first conversation that we kind of have, um, I try and kind of impart some, some education and knowledge, trying to get them to understand that that is a terrible, they've done it to themselves. Number one, they have to own the fact that no one made them do that. They need to own the fact that they let that happen, that they are worthy and that they need to start putting themselves first. And being selfish to be selfless is for me is, is critical to the survival of women out there. Um, we are really important in our societies. So in our homes, in our um, institutions, in our companies, in our schools, everywhere. Uh, the women are a really sort of center point and rocks to a lot of the people that they touch and see in a day. And our energy matters. And when you go into a room and your energy is, is dark and you are feeling exhausted and tired and angry, everybody can feel that. And before you know it, the entire room has changed the whole energy of the room this has changed like you can feel it's gone dark so we have to realize the power that we have in society that we need to enter our homes strong resilient powerful um, courageous bold brave um, energetic um, we need to have that about us all the time and the only way we do that is if we are feeling strong mentally mm. physically and emotionally strong and the only way we do that is when we put back into the tank. When we put ourselves first, we make time for exercise, we make time for meditation, mental um, health, uh, joy, <laughs> cultivating joy, creativity, you know, all these things that matter. We, we are able to be our best selves, our stronger selves, more worthy selves, and we bring forward a better us to our communities, to our corporates or our businesses and our colleagues, our families, our lovers, etc. So, we have to be a little bit selfish to be selfless at the end of the day. Everybody benefits when we are strong. So for, for me, a core value is definitely the fact that health, again, it's like strength, inner strength. Um, it's almost investing I in yourself. feel like that for me, I matter. Like mm. I am worth it. And I can make a difference if I am strong. Mm. If I am weak, I cannot help anyone. Okay, if I can't help myself first, like putting on my oxygen mask first before anyone else, even your child, I am no good to anyone. So let me just I say, can't me, do my best work. Let me respond as, as your husband. Mm. I found it very difficult to understand this in the early days. Yeah. Very, very difficult. I found that it was selfish. Mm. I found that you Shame were like self-centered. No, I just <laughs> How had, old-fashioned of you. But I did, yeah, I guess old-fashioned. But like I was a, 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 a maybe I'm, I'm just going to speak as a guy. I felt it was like, no, you, my wife, and you kind of go along with what 
I we this need this whole like and, selfless. Yeah, you just you got to sacrifice. Oh, like yeah. I sacrifice, you yeah. sacrifice, and we. And that was my mindset. I remember we used to clash, and I used to actually look at you, and I was a little bit like, "Wow, she is selfish." So <laughs> she's just like she's. Now the truth comes out. <laughs> no, but it's the tr- we remember. I mean, we had yeah, discussions yeah, about this. We did have clashes, but and I just think if there's a guy out there of ladies, get your husband to listen in on this. I mean, this is something that I think you address this to ladies and you go ladies listen i actually think this thing needs to be heard by men mm. men need to hear this more because for the, and i know this we all equal and, and all that stuff but but if a man can understand the framework of a woman and what a woman needs to be the best woman that he could get mm. is to actually set that woman free well let her be herself for goodness me well, like, let her yeah. invest in herself can so right? you've got to sometimes yes invest in in herself 100 but look at all the reasons why you fell in love with that person so like your spouse right mm-hmm. and what happens a lot in relationships and marriages is that things start falling away because you now um you know, I've got this label, like I'm a husband or I'm a wife. Now I must make dinner every night and I must be the woman of the house and I must do all the chores and I must organize this house. And then, then you're going to have one, two, three, five kids and pets. And now they must all come before you. And this person that you fell in love with has lost like their purpose. Maybe they've stopped working for a while. Maybe they've started, uh, stopped doing things that they love and that, that really fuel their creativity and fuel their passion and joy for life. Which made them their interesting. Spirit, which made, which them, made interesting. them fascinating to yeah. you, which made you want to date them and marry them in the first place. And now they have lost all of that attraction. Because they've lost themselves. Mm. They've totally and utterly lost themselves over the years. And now you wonder why so many marriages don't work out. Mm. Because the person you married isn't that person anymore. So for me, it's like you're saving your relationships when you put a lot into yourself. You are saving your family. You are really kind of guaranteeing the longevity of your close intimate relationships. You remember Hanley said this. So Hanley was somebody that we engaged a lot from a therapy perspective, specifically me, um, in the early days. And we'll talk, we'll have her on the podcast. And I said this in episode one too, but, um, she spoke about twin flames a lot. And I always, I could, in the beginning, I didn't really understand it. And she said the best relationship is when it's not one flame and you come together and you melt together. It's not about that. Mm. It's when each person has their flame mm. and they bring it. And those two flames create a bigger, bigger. flame. Yeah, a more powerful but it's, one. But you bringing your flame. It's mm. twin flames. It's not a flame. You're and bringing your whole self to the party. Yeah. And you continue. To, and that needs to kind of be your promise at the altar is that I will continue to nurture myself and put myself forward so that I can bring the best me to you always like that kind of mm. needs to be what's said um not i will sacrifice and give you my everything and i will lose myself and you will fall out of love with me and we will get divorced in five years or ten years time like mm. how sad people lose their way and it's i mean it's a lot of old beliefs and kind of traditions that kind of need to die i feel and fine if you're out there and you're listening and you 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 want to just be a person that's married and and selfless and all that's fine you know like cool then if that is your goal your passion that's your purpose for being here is that you're a mom you're gonna have six children 27 dogs a happy husband like that if that's what you want to do that's also fine but if you've always wanted to have a career, make a difference in the world, give back to society, have, have children, have a purpose, mm. you know, have a good marriage, travel. If you want to have all of it, you want to be kind of like a multi-phrenic human being, like complex, but intricate and, and divine. Like 
then you're going to have to work on you and you have to time manage, you have to outsource, you have to ask for help, you have to figure it out, but <clears throat> figure it out, sorry, but the one thing you cannot do is ever neglect yourself because you will lose yourself and you will lose your way and it will affect your relationships. You know what? One of the things I just, again, from a guy's perspective, this is a very, I, I think in the early days when we got married and that, I don't think I was mature enough to understand this. You know, I was possessive, jealous. Mm-hmm. I think most <laughs> guys are, but it's like, it takes a level of maturity to just understand this because I, I, and when you went on your last wellcation, yeah, uh, the last couple of wellcations mm. with the ladies, where and if people don't know what a wellcation is, Lisa takes a group of ladies, an intimate group of ladies away. Um, she's going to reunion next. Uh, she went to Zanzibar, and you've taken, you did a reunion. Just so this, the next one is to to reunion island, and, and next year <coughs> Croatia yeah, awaits. And, and I'm going to do a fitcation in New York City. Just okay. just putting that out there for 2024 goals. Okay, cool. Just, <laughs> so so w- w- the thing that I heard, and I obviously I won't name names or anything, but a lot of the ladies said this is the first time i'm ever going on something like this and when i ask what is this something like this going away by myself without my children without my husband with a group of people that i don't even really know i've never done this it's scary and it's amazing (laughs) it's the first time in some of them in their lives some of them can only recall ever doing it when they were not married doing something like this and um I always ask, so like, why? And I guess as a guy, if an immature man, if you came along and said, well, I'm going away with a bunch of girls and we're going overseas and off and away we go. I mean, my initial reaction, I think most men will be like, no, wait, wait, what's Mm -hmm. this? You know, so it it does require a certain level of maturity to understand that that's what you need. My wife's going to go away to learn how to be a better her because that means that she's going to come back. I'm going to benefit. Mm. My kids, every everyone is going to benefit by this new mom that comes back into our house with, Mm. you know, renewed vigor and joy and passion and energy and vitality. I mean, surely that's what you want for your partner is you want them to feel and look amazing forever. Like that's your kind of commitment, right? To each other. Just remember, remember you and I had a discussion years ago. We may have been on a long flight or something when we had this discussion about our relationship and a relationship. And we landed up saying like the most important fundamental aspect of a relationship was respect. Mm. Like you could love somebody, you could adore somebody, but if you didn't respect them, but respect wasn't about opening up the car door and all that, the basic stuff. I'm talking Mm -hmm. about respecting that person that even if that person wasn't your wife, that you'd look at her with an air of respect for her in an individual capacity and you'd you'd respect her. I'm not talking adoration. I'm not talking about liking. I'm not talking about love. I'm not talking about any emotional connection. I am talking about just there she stood and you saw her and you met her and you walked away. Mm. Would you have a feeling as a man that, wow, I like really respect that mm. person? And well, you respect her because of the things that she says and the things that she thinks and says and does in, is in harmony. You know, mm. like she thinks great thoughts. She says beautiful things, wise, smart, kind, nurturing. She says the right stuff. And then her actions more than anything uh, represent all of those things and everything's in harmony. So she puts herself first. She values friendships and connection and relationships. She serves her community. She uplifts others. She's kind. She's generous. Mm. She's humble. You know, all those things. So I think, yeah, I mean, you've got to respect that person for who they are and what they 
their values at the end of the day, which is exactly what this, this lady mm. said. So number one would be like my values are definitely about self-respect, self-love, self-worth by, by respecting myself enough to put myself first and bring my best foot forward. So whenever I think I actually never feel guilty, to be honest, that I let that go a long time ago mm. and I'm trying to get women you know, to do the same and, and give them the permission but to, you still, hey, you ladies, still struggle, like, but stop you, no, no, you still struggle with mommy guilt. So, yes, but not when it comes to, like, going for a run or bounty boot or doing a rebounding session or, you know, I don't feel, when it comes to my health, I don't feel guilty at all. Even no, if I have to put Bella in front of a TV screen yeah, for the, an hour. No, but the professional side. Yes, the professional side. But it's still something in progress, you know. But yeah. But then I often think to myself, I'm being a good example to Bella as well. I work hard. Um, she sees I love what I do. I'm passionate about what mm. I do. I'm helping other people. And sometimes I have to have that conversation with her, especially when I went away for those nine days. Mm. And I told her, mommy's going away to help these ladies because mm. they need me. You will be okay here with your OP and your dad and whatever and your sisters. Mommy needs to go and do this mm. and help other people. And she totally got that. And she bought into the whole thing. Like, yes, you can go, mom. Mm. You need to go do this for those ladies. So I'm trying the best I can to be an example. Doesn't mean I'm always perfect, especially when I've had a rough week or I've been away a bit or, you know, I've had long hours where I haven't been able to fetch her from school every single day. There is a little bit of that mommy guilt, mm. but that's from a time perspective, quality time, definitely not from a, I'm taking this hour, I'm claiming it for me so that I can have, you know, good energy for you for the rest of the mm. day. And our mom's in a good mood. I have a better perspective of my stresses and, and woes. So yeah, so that would be number one from a values perspective. I really need to get to the rest of the end of this question. Um, probably my other value um, in life. Would just, just before you go into mm. the next value. One of the things, so we've, I've had lots of people that work for me. You've, we've got people in the business. Broadly speaking in my career, I've, I've bumped into this a lot and I've spoken to quite a lot of mums about this. Mm. And, you know, one piece of advice that I will give to mums just as a guy from the outside in looking in, your child doesn't need you for four or five hours per day with them. Yeah. It's what your child time. actually needs is 30 minutes. 30 minutes where you put the phone away mm -hmm. and you are truly present for those 30 minutes mm -hmm. relative to what they're doing. So if they're drawing something, making a craft, wanting to do something, and ride a bike. you're engaging with them, you're making eye contact, you, you really are interested in it and you're fully present. And I think that word present And you're laughing at their jokes again. and you're adding to their jokes. Yeah, and, you, and they can see you in this. You, yeah. You're actually as in this as they are and you're enjoying it as much as they are. And So what I see with yeah. Bella... It's 30 minutes. Yeah. And then after the 30 minutes, she doesn't want me involved anymore. Yeah. She's like bored of me. It's like, okay, cool. I got what I needed out of you for the day. Leave <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, he left tanks full. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, you can go do Absolutely. your way. So just literally mm -hmm. think about that. That's all you need yeah. is 30 minutes. But that 30 minutes cannot be interrupted. Yeah. You've got to be totally present. You've got to clear your mind and engage deeply with that child. So yeah. value number two, I've just had to, while you're thinking, think about my next one because there are, I think, maybe a few more. But definitely the next one would be realness trueness authenticity is a big one for me mm. like i don't um really admire people that are you know kind of one way in public and then a very different way at home like if you are true to what you really feel what you really believe and you i'm getting the whole you as raw and real as that may be and full of scars and holes and like they have in japan they have that whole range of ceramics called kunsuki which is 
damaged ceramics that have actually been glued together with with um, gold. little pieces of uh, well, yeah, it's like a lacquer of some kind, like a silver, gold, rose gold lacquer, and they are highly valued. In fact, they are more valuable than the perfect pieces because they show that we are all slightly broken, but it's piecing it all back together with this beautiful lacquer that is actually making us more interesting and more um, complex and more beautiful and scarred yet so full of um, memories and mm. experience and wisdom. So yeah, Kunsuki. <laughs> anyway, true people, people that are real with me, people that are honest with me and don't say one thing behind my back and a different mm. thing to my face. People that lie and people that just aren't transparent. Fake. I can't do fake. I do come from in the entertainment world, a bit of a fake society and I do not like it. I have been exposed to many a celebrity in my career um, and I feel sorry for a lot of them having to put on this sort of facade a lot of the time. It's exhausting. Living up to all these expectations of being perfect all the time. Mm. Wow. Um, I have tried very hard on my platforms to try and stay as authentic as possible without being, you know, too negative and, and kind of staying too low for too long. You know what I mean? I don't want to paint a, a grim picture of every emotion I feel every day, but I do try and tell people I also have those days, but it's about picking myself back up um, and just getting back on that horse. So for me, authentic, real conversations, authentic, real people that are the same person online as they are with me, that is, to me is is gold. Be honest with me. Don't lie to me. Because I find it really hard to like move past that once I've had somebody betray me. So trust, don't lie to me, being honest and truthful, even if it's hard, even if it hurts, even if it's hard to hear or hard to see or hard to go through, you can work through it if it's the truth. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think I need to end there on that question. Okay. <laughs> I was like, you, you're actually pretty cool. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> Besides being really hot, you're like, really oh, actually pretty cool. Brian, um, trying to score some points, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's Friday. Uh, um, let's see. Um, I look, there's a lot of questions here, but I don't okay. think we've got time for them. I mean, there's questions here that I think are beautiful. Like, what are your AM and PM routines? Oh, I want to talk about that, actually. Are, are you going to yeah, talk th about that? That's part of cultivating joy. Okay, so let me, let me do that. So okay. what, are, what are your AM and PM routines? Um, what are your habits? Do you have mm -hmm. journaling, reading, nutrition, sleep time? Um, mm. You can have this pen. She dropped the pen. Okay. okay. Thanks. Don't tap on stuff, babe, because it oh, sorry. feeds in. Okay. okay. What tools do you use to plan and schedule your day, ensuring you reach all your goals in all the dimensions of your life? Mm -hmm. What are your non-negotiables? How much time do you spend on personal development, resting, this working? This is all one person. This is all one person. Oh, wow. Good I, questions. These are brilliant questions. And then the other one is, in terms of relationship with body and food, I'm going to leave that one. Um, and this is... Dane. I think her name's Dane or Dane. Yeah, I would like to, that is a whole another yeah, 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 topic totally. that I'd love to talk about, about um, sort of self-worth and... Yeah. yeah. I just want to say, Dane, thank you. I'm not going to read out yeah. your name completely. Mm. Um, we don't know where you're from or who you are specifically, but the time you took to craft these questions... Um, it was brilliant. <laughs> and uh, they're exactly what we're trying to emanate from this podcast is to get this stuff out of Lisa. So, uh, you guys can, okay. Kind of so be let me start with the, the first question, kind of the importance for me but wait, of before starting you, and wait, ending wait, my day wait, right. Wait, 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 okay. Wait, let's do this right. So, yes. so I don't want you to go into the question. What I want you to do is, mm -hmm. as, as address the topic for episode two. And I okay. know this forms a part of that. And that is talking about yes. joy. But I yeah. want to ask you, first of all, Joy is something you gave me a book and it, on the book was the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu mm. and it was the book of joy. Yeah. And I read some of the book um, 
And it was incredible. I, you know, sometimes you get these three letter words and you jump over them. Yeah. Just like, like the word happiness. And I think in episode one, I spoke about this. What, like I never understood happiness until I went away with a piece of paper in this gym. Yes. And sat down and wrote down happiness. That was actually in podcast one when you told the story. So, but joy was another word. Well, joy, happiness. I mean, they're kind of, kind of very similar. It's like, Yeah. yeah, joy is kind of like, even more elated happiness. It's like amplified happiness. The state of joy is, is, yeah, is, is actually, it's, it's not a fixed state. So let's just say that joy is not something that you will always feel all the time. Okay. Mm. But it is something that you have to create and there will be moments of fluctuating joy throughout the course of the day. We just want to stay there for a little bit longer. So we want to be more in the joy state than we want to be in the, in the not joy state. So it doesn't mean that your life is just going to be this big, happy moment one moment after the the next cascades into the next that is kind of fake (laughs) and i'm sure we've all been around people that are annoyingly positive you know they're just always so happy and positive no you can't even say one negative thing and it almost bounces off them but you know we've all been around those people that are almost like but those people oh, scare me. Like, but it's not real because we have <laughs> disappointing moments. Yep. We have things that happen to us in our lives that we can't control, right? But it's about our perspective and it's the way that we respond and react to those situations that really, really make a difference in how our body assimilates it, how our mind and emotions assimilate, what's just happened to us, what is your perspective, how you're going to process it and how you're going to respond and react. And that will obviously create another emotion. Mm. So, you know, joy is definitely not something that you can buy. It's not something that's, um, is, is, it's also something that's different for everyone. It's not something that I can say you and me are both experiencing joy right now because this happened. You could be feeling a slightly different emotion at that point, depending on all your experiences, your perspective, you know, your upbringing, your nature, nurture, like, there's so much that goes into mm. our perception of our experience at that time. Um, but yeah, so for me, creating joy and happiness is something that we have to practice because for a lot of us, we have become quite jaded, a little bit exhausted. Uh, we surround ourselves with a lot of negativity. So negative press, negative news, negative social media. That is very scary as how much stuff we consume on social media and how that makes us feel. Mm-hmm. And I personally, guys, do not spend very long on social media. It might look like it because we post, you know, on all the platforms, but I create the content with a vision in my head that this is what I want to speak about, or this is what I want to showcase, or this is what I want to, how I want to educate or highlight or empower, whatever. Shoot that content, give it to my team. They're the ones editing and stuff and off it goes and it gets posted. And that's me. It's really me. It's my thoughts. It's my vision. It was my idea. 99% of them are my ideas, but Mm. I dump and run. Like I do not want to sit around there and fester in that social media world of fakeness and, you know, everything instant and everything is maybe even AAR generated these days. I just don't want to go there. I want to live my real life right now on this planet with my real hands and my real eyes. Can I just say something about that AI generated? Because mm-hmm. that's my segue. Yeah. Okay, now okay. I can finally say something. Yay. <laughs> um, just so people know that these there's a couple of movies, like the social media movie, um, that, that teaches you that artificial intelligences have been employed on these platforms, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, etc. Everything that you are seeing, everything that is forwarded onto you, everything that gets prompted is a machine that is 
constantly attempting to get an accuracy rate in terms of determining who you are and presenting that out at you all the time. So these AIs, when I start, when I do presentations about artificial intelligence sector and people are shocked because they never realize like, wait a minute, because people think they are in control. They think they're on Facebook. They're just on Facebook or they're on Instagram and they, well, I'm just scrolling on Instagram or TikTok or whatever. What they don't understand is that little glowing rectangle is totally a wand and it has you spell there's a spell on you for that moment and there's an engine behind that that is giving you such beautiful personal contact and the objective is that entire fitness function of it is engagement they don't want you to leave the screen Mm. now what we've determined in the technology world algorithmically speaking and the ais have picked this up is that when human beings are negative and enraged their engagement goes through the roof. Mm. So when you're on YouTube, when you're on TikTok, when whatever you are, negative stuff, enraging things mm. are the go things viral. that well, it goes, when we say go viral, it yeah. means people are engaging with it. Yeah. Those algorithms are tuned for rage. Yeah. And I'm part of the t- system that made some of these systems, right? Yeah. So, so they they totally tune to enrage you. They to- because of the the more depressed, angry you know, just the more hurt you are, the more engaged you are on that platform. Mm-hmm. And that's what they love. That's why you And negative see- news spreads way quicker than anything positive. Way, way so generally, than. you know, if something is shocking, um, we'll all share it. Well, yeah. I mean, I personally don't do it. Eh? So I don't, I do not share anything like that. Mm. But, you know, it does go viral for that yep. reason. It's like the shock factor. Is it disgusting? Is it horrific? Is it rude? Is it like, oh my gosh, did she really do that or say that? It's like, we want to shame. We want to blame. We want to spread hate, spread negativity. It's like, why? Like, why do we do that to each other? It's just actually really a sad. But the point Did is- you think it like makes feel people, makes people feel more normal because they are maybe not so satisfied with their current state of of mind and their lives that it makes them feel, oh, he's also messed up or he's also um, so, so going through, us. they can relate. They're also going through chaos and they're also like, you know, whatever. They, they messed up some elements, like a interaction or a, they messed up. Makes you feel more normal. Like, so yeah, in that moment me, you feel like that person's worse than you. Like, you know what so, I mean? So, like, so, what so, is it about so, people yeah, it that... Is. Yeah, it is. Okay. Anthropologically, if you go back in human history... We've determined now that we are no different from who we were hundreds of thousands of years ago, instinctively speaking. So the woman or the man that walked into a cave, put clay in their mouth, put their hand on the wall and spat. Mm. The difference is we the same. And if we break down why that person did that, why the cave paintings, why the handprints, we are instinctively as human beings needing three things. So everyone needs three things every morning when they wake up and it feeds us. Number one is we never want to be forgotten. Instinctively legacy. I get that. So mm-hmm. we don't, we just don't want to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. And that's why we do what we do. We, we left cave paintings on cave walls. Mm-hmm. Now we have digital walls that are consistently and persistently around us all the time. And our our cave walls have audiences that watch them all over the world and engage with us. That's why when someone clicks the like button on your Facebook post, Mm. when someone takes your tweet and retweets it, when when somebody likes your your TikTok thing, Mm. the reason it means so much to you is because of three things. Number one, you want to feel a part of something. Community. Yeah, definitely. Community is such a deep, inherent, instinctive need Mm. in a human being. That's community. The second thing that everyone needs by default 
is to be recognized. Mm. Attribution. Everyone wants to be mm. recognized. That's yeah. why that's why we do what we do because we're finding recognition. Someone mm. clicked the heart button on my kid's photograph on this. Wow, I'm mm. being recognized. I feel a part of something. Mm. And then that third thing, I'll say it again, which was the first thing, and that is I never want to be forgotten. Mm. Now, those three things, legacy, community, um, and the notion of recognition, when you bring those three mm. two things together, that's the very yeah. substrate of love. Yeah. People feel loved when you give them those three yeah. things. You want to feel valued, appreciated, yeah. seen. But those are the three Everybody elements. Wants, that's why I think Avatar was such a huge movie because like, I see you. I see you. I see you. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like that, just that one line. But that's what everyone it was wants. made Avatar because like now it's this thing like I see you. Mm. Like I, I see you and you make eye contact and you feel like you're not alone. Mm. You know? That, but that's the very, yeah. so what these systems around us are doing, they're feeding architecturally, systematically, technologically on who you are as a human being. Mm. They know that this is what you need, that those three things are what you need. And whether you are the CEO of company X or whether you are a student in school Y, doesn't matter. We are all made up of the need for those three things. So I just think it's, but it's time to maybe change the narrative. We need to start sharing a little more of the positivity and things that mm. give people the sense of joy and laughter and, you know, emotions that are happy and healthy and not ones that of shame and blame and and yeah. sadness and negativity so i that is definitely something that i steer away from and that's one of the mm. ways that I, I cultivate joy in my own life is i'm very particular about everything that i consume and everyone i spend time with mm. so it's really hard to be in this place by the way because making friendships is more tricky it because you you don't make friends easily when you have a certain expectation or standard. And I don't want to sound like a snob because I'm not a snob. I'm just so protective of my energy field that I really struggle to just be friends with, with just old anybody who is going to make me feel a certain way um, or question my values or just robs me of energy. I, I just can't do it. I think I'm also a little bit older and wiser now. So I, I'm definitely, you know, just less, just, I, I know who I am. I know what I want. And I, and I don't want to, I don't need any kind of like forgiveness or whatever. Like I just, so for me, the, what you consume on social media, you need to unfollow pages that don't make you feel good when you watch those pages. If they are belittling you or making you feel sad or not worthy in any way, they're not creating a sense of like, fun or laughter or joy or inspiration positivity you need to like unfollow that person if they're making you feel sad in any way reading good news versus bad is some another way that i protect myself and i and i keep the sense of joy and positivity in my life the friendship circle that i keep is limited and it's it's my tribe it's the people that resonate on my level they have the same values as me are very similar. They respect their bodies and their health. I'm not into like drinking and drugs and like nightclubs and bars. I, I've never been like that. So for me, I, I never could have friendships that where friends valued that every weekend. It was always, you know, going and doing a running event or a cycling event, or it was in the gym on a Saturday morning followed by a picnic, or it was family time at a bride. It was, I had different weekend expectations. And that was a way of protecting myself because I, I feel like, Every day, all day, people are consuming my energy. Mm -hmm. So it's very important for me to fill that energy tank back up every day with lots of positivity, self-love, beautiful food, 
great um, you know energy that I keep or the, the company that I keep is filling that tank um, people around me that are fueling me and inspiring me the things I read everything the, the exercise that I do the sleep that I get it's all about okay so I start my next day with a full tank and now throughout the course of the day it does get depleted because I do surround myself with a lot of people and but people let's get, do, let's get real. do actually deplete Look, that so yeah. at the end of the day I don't want to actually really see a human being yeah. I actually need to be alone watching something fun or lighthearted or positive which is some of the movies that I've been consuming mm. recently things that make me laugh before I sleep um, you're putting, you know, spending time on my rebounder, listening to music, spending time with my family. So all the things that, that kind of fill my tank, fill my tank, fill my tank. So I go to bed, fill tank, wake up next day, ready to serve. I could not do what I do every day. If I was reading the news, consuming a negative social media, friendships that were really draining and, and taxing of my energy and just felt like almost one-sided, negative staff members, doing what I didn't enjoy every day, mm. didn't make time for exercise, eating the wrong food, not getting enough sleep, I'd start my day with an empty tank, which means mm. I have nothing to give anyone else. My family, my clients, you know, all of you listening to this. It's my responsibility as somebody that knows what she wants to do in her life and on this planet, which is something we need to do, we do need to get to. Um, it's my responsibility to put back in, fill mm. my ATM so you guys can all withdraw that cash the whole of that next mm. day until it's done. If I don't do those things, I can't do what I do. I can't serve well. Mm -hmm. so, I so on a personal, just like I want, I want to interrupt you and say just on a very, very real basis, the when I see you upset, tired, and depleted is when you'll come on and you'll just say, like, so let me, I would, like, let's make it really real. <laughs> I, we have challenges, you and I, because whenever we go out with so-called friends, which makes us select our friends very carefully, the best friends that we have are people that don't give a damn about what we do, mm -hmm. don't ask us about what we do, and talk crap and are funny and their lives are interesting and we get to impart of that and that's it. We find that a lot of the times we can't conjure friendships up because of two reasons. Number one is they draw too much from us. Mm. We'll come away from that dinner and they just wanted to speak to either me about technology or, or business mm, or whatever. Or ask wellness advice, yeah. Or, or you sitting there and then they're and asking. I'm working still. <laughs> and, yeah, and then they don't understand that. That's mm. like, then you're working. We yeah. leave that dinner and we are tired. Yeah. Felt like, like wow. an interview or, you know, and an, amazing another consultation. Yeah. And they're amazing people. And yeah. I think what we do is interesting. I think because technology is very mm. pervasive. It's very top of the mind of everyone. But the other thing is wellness. Mm. People want to be better. They want to know what should I be eating. And then, you know, and and the the the, the you know, don't judge my plate, Lisa. Mm. I think it's kind of how a psychologist must feel being mm. in a room socially. Like when people say to psychologists, mm. "Are you disseminating me?" or "Like you're engaging me?" Are you? It's so probably very hard to have a very real conversation because yeah. people are always weary of you. I think we have the same thing, and I think it wears us out. That's one thing that I have noticed with us. Like mm. our best friends care nothing about what we do or who we are and they just yeah. they just don't care and that's just about laughs and laughter and and usually it is people in your realm that have that you've gone to school with or there's people that's known you since you were 16 and mm -hmm. i've bumped into that those are the people that i feel like are very close to you and you're very open yeah. with them and they care less about what you do so i think that is one thing but another so again it comes down to value so some people really really value friendships as a big part of their life mm. and i get that and i and i actually 
I look up to people like that, that is, that invest in their friendships and their relationships so mm. heavily. And it's just, it's really admirable to me. For me, again, I have a tank and there's only so much to go around. And my family, my immediate family, you, Bella, my little home, my stepkids need me for, to be the best I can be. And so does my client base, my community. They need me. And I know that I'm on this earth for a reason. So selflessly, I've had to kind of accept the fact that something's got to give. And that's something I've learned in the last little while since, Mm. you know, actually being a mom, that I can't have it all. I can't have thriving friendships and an amazing social life and an amazing career, an amazing relationship, amazing family home, amazing energy levels. I can't have it all. Mm. So... When I kind of realized that are you happy with less friends but a really good family life and a really fulfilling career, one that really filled your tank and made you feel like I got to spit on the wall and I made a difference and I left my mark and I, because I was here, something something is better in the world, like I left it better somehow. Is that going to be enough when I am writing my funeral story right. or when I'm lying on my deathbed? And I've had to really come to terms with that. And I think a lot of people are trying so hard to live these perfect pie lives, like these eight perfect pie pieces, you know, where there's got to be faith and there's got to be health and there's family and then friendships and da- da- relationships. And or, like or Lisa Reddy, because like, a lot of people think yeah, your life's but, more perfect. But something has to give, like, yeah. you know, friendships take time. They take mm. energy and... If I, if I put energy there, then I can't put energy here. Like I just don't have enough to go around. It's impossible. So you have to choose where you're going to spend your energy. Mm. And for me, making a difference in society means more to me for my life goal and dream than having five or 10 close friends. And that's Mm. sad in a way. Sorry, I'm talking. <clears throat> too much and now you're not going to cut that out either yeah. so nope. it is what it is but so i think it goes down to you know understanding why you're here what is your purpose for being mm. here and i've had to really dig deep and kind of forgive myself for not having enough close friendships okay yeah. so but i just want to say this people think that lisa you mm. have it all figured out yeah and people look up and they say so she's drinking water that's why she don't respond when you're so far away from the mic <laughs> <laughs> that um, they think that you have it all figured out. They think that you, and I will say this as your husband and as your business partner in your business, you definitely don't. No, I definitely you don't. Definitely, I feel, I fact, mean, I still have a lot of my life to go. No, no, I feel no, not like that. I'm, no, no, I'm talking about the day to day basis. I'm still figuring basis. it out. Wait, no, I'm talking yeah. about that. What I'm talking about is oh, yes. day to day. Yeah. What we get a lot is the grumpy version. What we get a lot is the, is <laughs> the, is the, is the, is the the worn out yes. version. Like my and, tank's and, a bit empty, yeah. guys. I just wanted you to guys yeah. to know this, that <laughs> to do what Lisa does requires an enormous amount of sacrifice and not just mm. from you, but from all of us too. Because yeah. we understand and I think your family has to buy into your purpose too. I think your husband yeah. has to really buy into your purpose because if he doesn't, mm. if they don't, then it becomes like a, a, a very big and issue. And also self-awareness and self-control. Like, you know, it's really nice to sit around the table bantering with the family for hours at night. But I know I'm looking at my clock on my watch and I'm going, but I have to be up at five. You guys don't, mm. you know. So I look at that and I'm like, whoa, hang on. Like I have to sacrifice. I can't sit here and chat, 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 chat and banter as much as I'd like to. I actually need to be responsible with my mm. time and my energy. I, I've had enough for today. 
I love you guys, but like I need to go up there, mm. get ready for bed, watch a little something lighthearted and get to bed. Because tomorrow I have to start the whole thing again. Yeah, but that's again you so, displaying that you're fully under control. And what I want what to I'm highlight is... What I'm saying is that is I think it's important that people under, need to understand their capacity. Right. They need to und- that really know when they've had enough. And they need to, to kind of like get their sort of threshold. Like this is... This is I've had enough. And mm. I don't think people know themselves well enough. I know my threshold in every situation because I've been here... Long enough, I think. I'm old enough now to understand it. But I'm also very sort of body aware and I'm very intuitive. Mm. And I just, I don't want to ever get to the point where I'm I, like I hit rock bottom because I mm. also have seen it a lot. I've mm. seen a lot of our clients go through complete and utter adrenal fatigue. They are done. There's nothing left. I never want to get to that point because if mm. I get there, I can't serve. So I am very protective of my, my bubble, my energy circle and my tank. Like, if you take too much from me, I'm not going to spend a lot of time with you because, yeah. like, you rob me. You do not add. You are taking away. And it's too exhausting. So you do this, sure. You've got that kind of figured out. But I have seen you broken. I yeah. have seen you literally on your knees when it's all yeah. too much. And but I've how seen long do I stay down for? No, you don't. That, that's okay. the thing. So yeah. I go down. Yeah. And that I will say that. I go down, guys. I am not this amazing person that's just made of tungsten steel. I'm actually incredibly soft. I'm actually quite pathetic sometimes. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I can, <laughs> I'm a bit sensitive, overly so. Um, I've got, but anyway, so I'm, I'm definitely not perfect. So I do go down and mm. I do have those negative thoughts and I even say things out loud. And then afterwards I think to myself, that is not nice. It's not kind. But you know what? I just infected all our, like our entire atmosphere with all this negative yucky stuff. Steph even hates it when I talk like that because it's not, me. So I will go down and I will go down for a day. But I promise you now, I use that as fuel to stop it, get up, you know better. And I will be into my gratitude books the next day. I'll be writing my gratitude notes. I will be reading out of my beautiful like affirmation journals. I will be trying to find the joy again. I'll be trying to find, I'll try and cultivate it because I don't feel it naturally that at that moment. So then I've got to try and go cultivate it because I am, I've had too many bad things happen in, in a short space of time. I'm feeling very low. Maybe also sleep deprivation could have c- come into the mix or whatever the no, case wait, wait, is. Wait, 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 wait. Sleep so, deprivation is your number one. Oh yeah, it is my number one for negativity. Yes. So yes, we'll talk about that on another <laughs> podcast because we'll be here forever. But yeah. so when I know that I'm low, I, I know for a fact I have to go and cultivate some joy. I need to go and f- get it back because I'm feeling really crappy. And so cultivating joy is a practice. It's something that you've got to do. And that's where I want to kind of yeah. get to some sort mm. of helpful tips, right? So but starting that word is very, day, very important, cultivating. Cultivate, yeah. And I have to go like kind of get it back because it's disappeared and I need to kind of bring it back to life. It doesn't mean I always walk around joyful and I'm always radiating happiness and positivity. I sometimes people say to me, are you okay? Like you look like you've got the world on your shoulders. And then I realize I'm wearing it like all Mm. over my posture, my face, and I maybe need to go and bounce it out or go and like, I don't know, scream it out or something. But, um, Anger room. Remember yeah, I need an anger, anger room. room. I know we saw one in, in uh, Belito and we can smash stuff. I was like, this, this is epic. Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really want to do that. Okay, so um, starting each and every day. So starting and ending every day right is really important. So getting up as early as you possibly can. And that also takes sacrifice. It takes practice. It takes discipline. I know Steph's just going through something at the moment where he's getting up really early, in fact, earlier than me. And I hear this huffing and puffing. And I walk down the stairs and there he is with his AirPods in. And he's doing his rebounding. (laughs) And he's loving it. And I'm so proud. Um, 
Why pull-ups? Rebounding is way harder. So, um, yeah, so he's going through it at the moment. But so starting with some kind of morning intention for your day. Like you look at the day. It's a brand new canvas, brand new start. Okay. How am I going to spend today? What What is on the cards for today? It could be a really kind of busy, busy day ahead with lots of things, lots of commitments and lots of things you've got to get through. But having an intention for the day is really important. So if you don't have a, a time, like a long period of time to write a whole gratitude list or a whole goal sheet for the day, at least set an intention for the day. Like my intention today is to help somebody else achieve, you know, uh, or get over a hurdle, uh, to do something for somebody else. My intention today is to try and think, to try and switch my negative thought to a positive thought in the moment, to Mm -hmm. catch myself, you know, whether it's squeeze my finger, whether it's move a little um, affirmation bracelet from one wrist to the other, which is quite a cute little habit to to try. Um, And that is every time you say something negative, you swap your bracelet from the one wrist to the other. And before you know it, you've like done it so many times. You can't believe how many times you've said something negative about yourself or to yourself about something. And so you're catching yourself in the moment. So whatever your intention is, set an intention for the day. That is a beautiful sort of habit to give, get give into. Give us one intention. What's an intention that you um, can come up with? Well, that's what, what I just no, said. No real, no it's, real um, one for you that you did. Like today or the yesterday. Um, so or the today day I've got a, a, an admin day for the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, so my intention today is to get my 10,000 steps before 5 p.m. within my day. Okay. So that's just an intention. Or my intention today is to do to finally finish those three very heavy emails in my drafts folder that have I've been procrastinating about for a reason, obviously. Mm-hmm. You're avoiding something mm-hmm. for the longest time. Or to finally phone my mom and have that difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is. So there needs to be some kind of outcome for the day, mm-hmm. some kind of um, progress and the, some success story. <laughs> so that at the end of the day when you reflect back, you know, you feel proud. There's progress, you know. So it's mm-hmm. progress over perfection all the time because mm-hmm. there's no such thing as perfect. So let's at least have progress. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So starting and ending your day right for me is important. So starting with the morning intention, if you have the time or you can create the time um, to have your like some kind of gratitude sheet would be amazing. So having the attitude of gratitude is something that I have developed over the last 15 years. I've read many books about it. I started it. It became a, a daily thing and then it became like a weekly thing. And it's something I start on a Monday. I read out of all of my beautiful books that I've collected over the years and I'm often gifted them the sort of like one page a day mantra, one page a day thought provoking situation where at the end of it, you're like, wow, that's such a great story or that's such a good message. I want to try that. And so it's just, having those kinds of really positive ways or a kind of, um, what is it? It's a, it's a thought for the day that could hopefully open up your mind to new possibilities, new ways of reacting, new pathways, and a new example for you to maybe follow. Because here's an example on the page that very much could happen to you today. Now, are you going to react like this or are you going to react like this? And those are the books that I love to read from at the beginning of the day because they kind of give you an alternative view. Mm. Okay, so that I start with that. And that's something I do on a Monday. Every now and again, I'm feeling a bit low. <clears throat> I'm feeling a little bit low. Then I'll go reach for those books again because I can feel that my tank's getting low, my little joy um, sort Meter. of radar, mm. my joy meters on the low, and I need to cultivate some more. So I go and I do things that help me feel more joy. Mm. So I'll go and I'll bounce or I will, you know, do something for somebody else, which is something I want to talk about now. I will read from the right stuff. I'll watch a happy movie. I'll watch some funny YouTube channels with animals or something. I will do something that makes me feel fa- laughter. Laughter is an amazing, is amazing therapy that, that cultivates more joy until my joy tank is up mm-hmm. full again. 
Okay. And that is, so it's a practice that you've got to do. Okay. So the attitude of gratitude, um, is that, oh, it's, it's a something that I've learned to do over a very long time, but it definitely does make you feel grateful, thankful for what you already have. Because I think there's a lot of people listening to this that are in a dump. They're feeling low, negative, hopeless. They're in despair about South Africa, the world. Um, they may be suffering from pain, grief, um, envy. They may have gone through a lot of adversity in the Job last little while. There's a lot, you know. Mm. And to kind of start with a gratitude list, you're like, oh boy, how do I even get started? I do not feel grateful. But mm. when you start digging and you start realizing all the things that you've done in your life, what you've been exposed to, the people in your life, the fact that you've got a meal, the fact that you've got a roof, and you can start with things that are basic, mm. you know, where you take it for granted in a way that I have a car or I have a job or I have a roof over my head, which a lot of people don't in this country. So you start with the things you have and then the gratitude list becomes easier and easier to do as you go along and as you practice this whole method. It doesn't come easy at first, especially if you anger or if you're sad or if you're frustrated it's like I hate the world I hate my life but how are you going to ever cultivate joy and feel happiness if you don't start somewhere so start with what you've got and that definitely has a ripple effect and starts to generate more and more happiness gratitude joy it changes brainwaves mm. it actually boosts our immune system they've got science behind gratitude mm. and it definitely starts with what do I have right now? What are some of the lessons? What are some of the people that are in my life? Um, simple stuff. Thank you for my, for my, my, uh, whatever, my dog. Mm. I mean, it doesn't matter what, wait, wait, wait. So, what so it what, is, right? What is, what is your practice? So you do this when? Once do, a week? Once on a Monday, I, I take the time. I take the time to set my intentions for the entire week. I read a page from every single one of my beautiful books and I do my gratitude from the past week. So what, what, what am I grateful for? Before, what do I feel yeah. right now? And what have, what's happened to me in the last week that I'm super thankful for? And that's how I start my week. Cause mm. like for me on Monday morning, I get up a little earlier and I set my intention for the week in case, in case, because I mean, this is something I practiced for a long time in case I don't get a chance to do it every single day thereafter. Okay. I make sure that I do it for the week. So that Monday sets you Monday up for the week. Monday sets me up for the week because I don't have every day half an hour or something. Is this why every time I walk in the pajama lounge yeah, on I've Monday, got all my books out, books I've got out. my notepads, I'm busy writing my gratitude, I'm setting my intentions. So by the end of this week, this is what I'd like to say I achieved. You know, can I tell you something funny? I actually looked at this, it's the first time I hear this. Yeah. I actually thought like, you see this gratitude thing is erratic. Like you uh, do it, then you don't, then you do it, yeah. then you don't. So it's actually every Monday you're doing every it. Every Monday. Every Monday I do the week in advance. And then if I'm feeling low mm -hmm. the, during the course of the week, I'll read out of a book. Like I'll, I'll grab a random one. And sometimes I'll even just flick to a page. And I'll actually go, uh, now. And I'll open the page and on that page. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be like on that date. So I'll just see what I feel. And then I'll open the book and I'll be like, okay. And I'll read a bit of that and I'll, you know, I watch something positive. I listen to some of my favorite music and I start to like, like I said, just cultivate a little bit more joy. <laughs> so it's, mm. it's every Monday, hundred percent, but in between when I feel I need it and I feel that things are not feeling as joyful, joyful as they should be feeling. Um, just by the way, I've been doing that with exercise. So like this morning routine that I've now instituted, I feel like when I'm done, I'm a better dad. 
A, a better husband, I think. Yeah. Am no, I? you're like a different person. Oh, really? You know? I didn't know this. Yeah, before 7 a.m., he's, he's showered, he's eaten, he's trained, he's good to go, he's on time. I'm like, wow, this is... I'm like, where is my husband? No, <laughs> what but, have you done with him? <laughs> I was going to tell you something. Why? Because I think that when... You know, when I took this additional board position, hmm. I realized something that Hanli said, that you need to become a warrior king. You can mm. become like a magician. Yeah. She talks about the, you know, these stereotypes or antitypes. And she says, like, you, you know, magician just spins things all the time. Well, you need to become like more warrior-like. And a warrior is disciplined. Mm. And, and I find that when I go downstairs at 5 a.m. and I'm on that rebounder and it's just 30 minutes, when I'm done, I feel like part of the 1%. Yeah. I feel like it's just a positive. And when I, so, and then when you wake up and come well, down. You know, the 30, 30 minutes of exercise is only 2% of your day. What was it supposed to be? No, I'm just it's saying, it's doable. Oh, it's doable. It's okay. like doable. Okay, you know, everything's thought. half an hour. Jeez, that's long. Every day. I'm like, but it's 2% of your day. Mm. What are you talking about? Mm. You matter. You count. Do it. But you know what? It sets me up for the day. It eh? does. And you know what's so you nice? You eat better. You think better. You've, yeah, totally. Your perspective changes. Everything. You can overcome everything. <laughs> everything. It is a superpower. It makes everything that seems insurmountable just a little less insurmountable. Yeah. Everything. And you know what's really cool is getting to like 11 o'clock or 2 o'clock and you think, oh, I've already done my workout. Yeah. You don't have to worry about yeah. doing yeah, it later. No, no pressure. It is incredible. And it's, yeah, it sets the tone for the whole day. It definitely gets those happy hormones, uh, you know, like pumping uh, all that, um, the endorphins, the serotonin level increases. You can't help it. You can't finish a workout feeling worse. You can feel tired, but you're not going to feel emotionally worse. Mm. You will feel better. Guaranteed. So, by the way, just so everyone knows, that's what I'm doing at the moment. Waking <laughs> up at 5, going to bed between 9 and 10. And Lisa thinks it's like something weird's happened. <laughs> okay, so happened. just on the, the finishing off the attitude of gratitude, um, they've actually claimed that it's the world's most powerful drug. What? Gratitude. Explain that. What do you mean? So... You know, we look for like happy pills all the time, you know, mm. like these positive pills, you know, all kinds of um, mutilators and mm. stimulants and things like that that make us feel happy and like whether prescribed or not. So we're looking for ways to make ourselves feel better. But if you can get into the practice and the habits of, of practicing gratitude every day, so starting with what you've got and, and it cultivates more gratitude and so you attract more and you, 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 you start to speak positively about the world, the country, each other, yourself, you know, you start to generate this sort of positive loop. This whole like mm. positive loop that happens over and over again. That is more powerful than any positivity, happy pill that you could take. And it starts with gratitude. Way more powerful than other drugs. Mm. So give it a try. It's free. It's totally and utterly free. It just takes a little bit of commitment and discipline to do it every day. Until yeah, it I mean, becomes second nature. I'm grateful for this. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for this. And I'm grateful for that. It's like you start to realize how much you've got. And so it generates more of that. And so the feeling just becomes this abundant feeling of I have a lot. I have a lot right now. I don't need all that. And I don't have to look on social media and be envious of somebody who's got this holiday home and that. I have so much already. I don't need all of that stuff. So, okay. Um, and then just remember that there are people out there that would love to have your bad day. Remember that. So you think mm. I'm having such a bad day. This happened and that happened. But like, really, you've got to like put it in perspective. There is somebody out there that would kill for your bad day. Mm. Sometimes you just got to remind yourself about that. And that's what gratitude teaches you. Like you're lucky. 
lucky to have this and you're lucky to be able to do what you love or even though it's hard or to be an entrepreneur and own your own time, you know, to be able to just, you might not have a car, but you can call an Uber whenever you want to, like whatever it is, just be grateful for the, the Uber driver that fetched you that was in a good mood and you had a great conversation on the way to wherever you went. Like be grateful for the conversation mm. and, you you know, know, and the learnings and the, the sometimes interactions. I think it's also about exposing yourself to others. I mean, something that, shocked us or specifically you was when I took you to Eldorado Park to go meet the the family that we mm-hmm. went to go meet there I won't mention them but one of the things that shocked you was there was nine kids that pretty much all slept in one bed they did, yeah. that had never bathed or showered in hot water ever before in the middle of Joburg winter in the middle of Joburg winter cold water splash back at baths and their their home was literally like a little few square meters and Mm. i remember how that and i just think that if you go off and go take a look at that i mean it's obviously what we can't do is diminish very serious problems that some people Mm. may people that deal with abuse issues Mm. people that deal with true traumatic issues Mm. that may be affected and that's where medication is required that's where professional Mm. help is required and but that should be your last resort i mean let's be honest like going on some kind of drug it's really easy to get a prescription these days it's really easy to to kind of get a stimulant of some kind and that really needs to be your last resort like there are lots of ways to feel happier without resorting to medication like that really needs to be i've tried everything and i've done it for a long period of time and it's still not having an effect then you can go and and you know speak to a psychiatrist and get that prescription but it needs to be the last resort so my next little tip is if you're feeling really low and you're finding it really hard to generate this feeling of joy in your life give give go and do something for someone else because it actually does more for the giver than it does for the recipient always so bake a batch of cupcakes take it to work help somebody that walk past that looks low that isn't begging for money but you can see that they are not coping that Mm. things are you know give them a beautiful give them your lunch or give them some money to go and get the lunch they would like that day Mm. be kind to the uber driver Help people in small, kind ways. Give your surplus stuff that you aren't using at your house. Go give them to charity. Um, go do stuff for animals. You know, that animals is a big soft spot for me. Go and do something for your community like we do for elders. Like you, we could all do a bit more, but whenever you're feeling low, go and be kind to someone else. Pay somebody a compliment. Phone a friend. Tell them that you miss them or that you appreciate them. Bake a cake for somebody. That joy on that other person's face it cultivates joy in you and it is incredible. So generosity, giving, that is a big, big thing. And if you want to just start there, so joining um, some kind of association or community that, that gives back where you go into townships or whatever it is, you know, you just, maybe you want to work for Lifeline and you know that you have gift of the gab and you know that you can help others that are in a desperate situation. Helping another person through a desperate situation will help you. Mm. So definitely when in doubt, just give a little bit because boy, oh boy, does it generate those happy hormones. You feel like you're worthy, Mm. that you're meant to be here, that you are a better person, that you did good for someone else. It is a, a, a feeling you can't replace. There's, some, there's so. a couple of people we know that do that and they're addicted to it. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You know, and she just gives and gives. And yeah, because she it's has, incredible. sure. But 
I think she's. But not a, everyone who has gives, but true. she has and she gives and. But you can see she feeds off that. Yeah. That's actually yeah. she feeds off that giving. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's like I, it, yeah. At the moment, she isn't working, and I know that's a frustrating point for her. But she's at least adding value. Mm. So for me, if you aren't going to work, and maybe you can't work right now for whatever the reasons are, or you haven't found your thing, your passion yet, we need to talk about that quickly. Um, and you quite you're just like in a rock and a hard place. You don't know what your next steps are. And maybe you, you know, you've had all your kids and now it's time to work into the workforce again, but you've kind of lost your way. Maybe you've been retrenched and you don't know what you're good at or what you love mm. anymore. And they aren't kind of meeting. So what you love, you're not good at or what you're good at, you don't love, whatever, you know, then start with what you've got. And she's definitely doing that. She's adding value. Mm. She's giving inputs. She's making a difference. She's, she's building a tribe and a community. She spoils everyone and everything. She knows she's got the gift of time. So she does the things that no one else has the time to do. Mm. So she often gives time more than any, any like physical product or, or gift, you know, it's a tangible thing. It's, it is amazing. So she mm. is adding so much value to everybody's lives and she's so valued. You know, so I just feel like when in doubt, start there at least. Giving, you know, sharing. Giving and sharing, 100%. So um, then another another thing is, you know, what you think about yourself really matters. So the most important conversations that you have are going to be the ones that you have with yourself. Because what you are is what you think you are. So every day, like, I am what I think I am. So if you think you're not worthy, if you think you're useless, if you think you're stupid, if you think you're not talented enough, if you think you're ugly, if you think you're fat, you're like you are what you think you are. End of story. And a lot of people are going through this negative loathing and self-talk all day long, wondering why they're not cultivating the sense of joy in their lives. How can you, if you look at yourself and go gross or I hate my cellulite or, you know, you're not worthy of showing up for yourself every day and making the time investing in you. You're not worthy of a loving and fulfilling relationship. You're not worthy of a career that really fuels you and makes you happy. Um, you just, the, the most important conversations are with yourself. So you've got to watch this negative self-talk. You really, really do. And that's when I said, you know, maybe get a little bracelet that you swap from wrist to wrist every time you're saying something negative. You've got to work on that. And that takes practice too. And but you know what? A lot of people, easy. a lot of people out there suffer from having grown up with parents or a parent, or you know, constantly being critical of them. A lot of people suffer from this, mm. where they, you know they're so critical of mm. themselves because they were brought up in a very critical environment mm. where everything was questioned and they were never good enough and they were never going to achieve anything, etc. There's a lot of people that suffer mm. from that. Yeah, and you know, our parents only did what they knew best, eh? Mm. Um, so yeah, they have damaged, there's a lot of, um, generations that have been damaged by their parents, and there's nothing we can do about it, but we can change the narrative going forward. We can break that cycle mm. of what we tell our children and the way that we live our lives. And forgiveness is another mm. way of cultivating joy as well, is there are people in your life that has that have hurt you, harmed you in really, really crazy ways. And at the time that they maybe did it, they didn't know any better. Okay. So now that they maybe know better, they do better. But there are going to be people that come into your life that do like some you think in your in your in your mind, like unforgivable things. You know, there's betrayal of all types. There's 
you know, whether it's fraud or whether it's cheating, whether it's whatever it is, you know, un, like things that you could never imagine somebody could do to you, especially mm. somebody close to you or somebody you trusted and loved. But there are going to be those people that hurt you. Mm. And letting somebody that's hurt you like win forever is is really sad. Like you, the only way you're going to be able to move past that, grow from it is to forgive that person for what they did um, and be able to move past it. And that is something that you're going to have to, you know, listen to more podcasts on. Um, you're going to have to maybe go and talk to somebody about it. You're going to have to have that really hard conversation with that person. Like I forgive you. Mm. Um, and it might be a conversation you could never have with your parents because they just don't see it the way you do. You know, they weren't there. They didn't experience it like you did at the time. They're old fashioned. They don't talk about their emotions. And, but that forgiveness actually really frees you hmm. from that pain and, and living that truth forever. You know, whatever happened to you, you are not what happened to you. You know, hmm. you are the way you think you are. So this negative self-talk is critical because you can't live a life of joy if you're constantly telling yourself you're not good enough. I mean, that is such a down thing to say to yourself every day. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. My dad told me so. And I'm, you're going to believe that, or that for the person, rest of your life? Or that person that I love betrayed me. Yeah, so I'm I not worthy. worthy. So it must be my fault. But what if it was really their fault? Like mm. they are damaged. It happened to them, their parents. And so the cycle continued. And it's almost like you need to feel sorry for that person. So Brene Brown's got some beautiful books around this. Um, and we'll share these in the, yeah, the podcast. But yeah, there's, there's one in particular that she speaks about forgiving others and she speaks about the fact that you often, people don't put, you don't put yourself in somebody else's shoes, right? So you would never know what that person was thinking when they did that specific thing or the way that re they reacted or responded was so shocking to you. But in that moment, they were probably just doing the best that they knew, they how. knew how. And when you, when you do that in every situation where somebody reacts in a way where you think, how could you say that to me? Or how could you do that to me? You just think, you know what? I haven't walked that person's life in shoes. I'm very disappointed with that person right now. But like maybe, maybe that is really the best that mm. that person knew how to respond or react or whatever. Mm. And it just, it, it kind of softens everything. It gives a bit of humility and grace about things. It does make you feel like you are not the victim of it. It wasn't done to you. It wasn't something that was personal. It was some a really poor response by somebody else. And it's because of maybe something that they were dealing with at that time. So you kind of like build a barrier. You almost feel detached from it. Well, it's a form that, of forgiveness too. Yeah, but I think detaching yourself is also quite a nice um, way of cultivating a bit more joy. So a detachment's not always healthy, like if you, if you don't feel any emotions at all in a day. But sometimes you've got to detach yourself from people or situations or an outcome in order not to let it pull you down or affect you so intensely, mm -hmm. you need to kind of detach yourself saying, I can't be attached to how that person is going to respond. Like that is not me. It's not my fault. It's I can't control it. That is, I need to detach myself from that reaction mm -hmm. because it's not personal. So yes, anyway, that is a whole, maybe another conversation. Um, so I know we have to wrap up quite soon, but we spoke about some of the, the important things. So cultivating in your life some of a, a celebratory environment for me is also really important. So learning to celebrate things. So small wins 
is important. So if you're on a health or wellness journey, I always say to my clients, don't wait until that's that end goal. If, if the goal is to have shrunk three sizes or to have reduced your body fat by X percentage or, you know, your blood pressure must come down by these many points. You know, we all got our goals and it's good to have goals to strive and all of that. But just know that there'll be lots of small wins along the way where I feel you need to celebrate all the small wins. So have the big goals and set those intentions very clearly. Know where you want to be, know where you're going, visualize it every single day, have your vision boards, you know, kind of do your meditation where you visualize your life, how how you want it to be and, and then try and live that every day. But also every time there is a small win. So whether it is your digestive system is improving or you're getting that extra hour of sleep or you're waking up feeling refreshed for a week at a time or you've reduced caffeine intake or your BP points have come down by 0.5 versus, you know, 10, all the small wins matter because to try and keep yourself motivated and joyful until you get there is really exhausting. It's, it's not realistic. No one can maintain that amount of motivation for so long without any celebratory moments in between. Because the more you celebrate, the more that cultivates more motivation to keep going. And to keep on track. So how do you celebrate with a slice of cake? It doesn't have to be food. <laughs> it can be, you know, if, if, if that is your thing and you want to enjoy the, this, this new bakery on the corner or it's a new movie or it's a massage or it's a pedicure, it's that handbag you've got your eye on or, you know, maybe it's an experience that you prefer, like hot air ballooning or something, whatever's within your budget and your means. But you do need to make sure that you have a, a household that is one of celebration. Mm. Birthdays matter they matter. Anniversaries matter. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day. And yes, it's all a big, whatever, gimmick and inverted commas, but it is actually forcing us to have these celebratory days throughout the year. So Easter and Christmas, are obviously more your, your religious ones for Christians. We have other religions and faiths that have other days, but you know, there are really important days within a year. So finding ways to celebrate wins within your company within your organizations, within your community, within your neighborhood, within your households. Um, you know, with Bella's birthday, the other day we got a little puppy. Her name is Coco and she is nine weeks old. She is the joy of our home at the moment. And I knew this would happen. She, there's like this new joy in our home with this little dog is just the cutest thing ever besides Harley, of course. And, um, it, it's just like having these things that bring joy because I think that co- we're constantly waiting to feel it. We're constantly waiting until we have the dream job, until we have the car, the forever home, the holiday that we've been waiting for, for and saving for, for forever. We keep waiting for this time that could maybe never come, sadly to say. But if you, the more you celebrate, the more you celebrate, the more you celebrate, like you did, you showed up every day for yourself and you did a workout for 30 minutes. At the end of that week, celebrate that. Celebrate it because that will make you want to do it again the next week because you got that treat or you got the reward or you felt proud and you high-fived your friends or your community or your tribe. Celebrate all the small wins. Have a life of celebration because life is short and you don't know when it's all going to come to a crashing end and what you're going to, or you could get sick or, you know, God forbid, but you could. And then all you're going to look back is saying, wow, I didn't celebrate enough. All those little moments in my life that really actually did matter. I just overlooked all of them waiting for the big stuff, waiting for it all to accumulate to this, this ultimate point. 
But what happens if that doesn't happen? Hmm. You know, so I, I just think that the more you celebrate, especially in your well, your wellness and health journey, I've seen that a lot. Every time there's a, 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 a win in some way or, or form, that person celebrates it, they're motivated again. It's like it fueled them for the next two weeks. Hmm. It fueled them for the next little goal. And the big goals need to be made up of lots of small goals. Hmm. That is how you get to your ultimate goal. Don't wait till you get there because, wow, the motivation will run out. Okay, um, so... You see, I've seen something yeah, that you've written down in your notes. Mm. Fear. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about that? Um, maybe, can we talk about that in another podcast? You think it's a whole new well, topic? Well, I really do think it's a whole other topic because it's something that I've personally had to deal with quite a lot. Um, living a life of fear. And I would like to unpack it with a couple of other emotions okay, cool. that I'd like Let's to unpack, like grief, because right. that's something somebody actually want to get on the podcast for that specific one. So fear so and grief. fear and grief, uh, despair, pain, loneliness, yeah, okay. adversity, okay, how to overcome things like that. So yes, I know we've got like, we just need a few more minutes. Okay? No, I'm not rushing you whatsoever. Oh, okay. This oh, is fantastic. long form, remember? Okay, yay, I get long form. <laughs> okay, so, so a couple of little things that I've seen happen, um, things that I've heard, I've read, I've seen on, on your socials, you know, I've read in my beautiful positive books. There's a few things that you can kind of do to remind you in a way to celebrate the wins of every week or to remind yourself that every week matters or every weekend matters and that life is short. And so what are you doing this weekend? What are the plans? Because this is one weekend less. So, so you can look at it one way or the another. So I like the whole. What you're about to say scares me. Yeah, I know. But you know what? It's a bit of a like. And that's been such a big wake up call for me. But, okay, so let me explain some of the the little things. Hmm. So there's number one is you get like this cool, photo frame with a nice backing and you put a whole lot of smarties in the front of the, th- the photo frame right and mm-hmm. it's quite a deep photo frame so you can actually put your hand in the back of it mm-hmm. and you stick it up on the wall and you have one for like your children and you have one for you- yourselves your marriage your partner whoever and every single week you take one of those smarties out okay because that represents one week of your life. So 52 years in your life times 75 years, let's say. And you can work backwards if you're 40 or 50 when you start this. And you, you actually only put those amount of smarties in because that's what you've got left. And you start to, over a year, you know, there's 52 less of them. So it starts to make like a little bit of a dent. You see this it is, coming down. But this down. is depressing. No, but you know what it is? It's a constant reminder that every day, every week matters. There shouldn't be a week that goes by where you haven't got some kind of cool plan, even if it's a movie day. You'll remember that movie day. Have moments of joy in your life. Have things that, to look forward to. Have those carrots in front of your nose that you work towards, that you can't wait to do. Mm. The memories. Create the memories. Spend time with your kids. Go on holiday. Go hot air ballooning. Learn a new trade. Get creative. Start art class. Whatever it is, every single weekend matters. And by taking that smarty out of the picture frame reminds you of the, the fact that time is short. So the second picture, and that, that one can be for you and your spouse, how many weekends you've got left if you both mm-hmm. make it to 75, which is like a good milestone. And the other one is for your children, actually, from the time that they kind of start school to the time that they leave school, how many weekends they've got left in the house till they go off to varsity or whatever, like oh, they're 18. Lord. Because that also makes a difference. Because yeah. you know that, okay, that's how many weekends I have with my kids until they're adults, until they leave. 
So what am I doing with my kids this weekend? You know, that really am gets I, home because we've just had our eldest leave. Yeah. And now the next, well, Bellevue mm. 7. And before we know it, we'll click our fingers and say, oh, my yeah. word, like all those weekends that we had, we didn't take her cycling. We didn't mm. go camping. We didn't mm. do all those things. And now she's an adult. She's left home. She's not interested. You know, and all those things that you do with them cultivate character mm. and memories and you're exposing mm. them to things which will develop this human being. So don't, don't think that life's, you've got lots of time because you don't have time. You so don't. tie this back to joy because this okay. is depressing. So there's also other things that you can do. So, wait, 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 wait. Okay. So this is depressing. So in other words, create the joyful moments in those weeks. Things that you don't mind taking that smarty out. Okay. Because if you're taking that smarty out on a Sunday night or Monday morning and you're like, this smarty was amazing and you eat it and you're like, yeah, because this weekend we went camping for the first time or this okay. weekend we went away or this weekend we decided to paint our lounge okay, so this is the a color we all, okay, we all want. Uh, mm. We wanted it. We wanted it navy blue or we wallpapered our house or we did a renovation or we created a, a collage wall of our favorite moments and it took us the whole weekend. You'll never forget that weekend. Mm. Or you made a kite, which is what we're doing this weekend. Mm. We're making a kite with Bella Boo. It's kite flying day next week at school. We're going to make this kite. We're going to go test it out. And, you know, we'll mm. never forget that weekend. It's something mm. we did together and we cultivated joy. We're going to go fly the kite with her. Maybe it'll be something we do on a windy day there on out. But Is this why you're like you so, are on holidays? Yeah. So when like we're on every holiday. Every single day needs to be like 40 things. Yeah, because I know time is short. I might never go to that place again. And I might. Ne- I want to make sure when I go to a place that if I never go back again for whatever reason, I choose not to or I physically can't, that I did everything that I needed to do in that city. So I will I, just say this. I'll attest. This is, this is the truth. You do live this like a thousand percent. In fact, it's sometimes exhausting. Your, yeah. your ability to keep going and your itinerary on holidays. Um, I think I am the, the second person, the second, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm the last person to fall out of the family when we're on holiday with you. I think mm-hmm. the kids go first because they just like, they're so tired <laughs> and they can't keep up with but us. They've but they've also then, been teenagers and you know, you know what they like. And we keep going and we keep yeah. going and we keep going and then that's like, then I'm the last to fall because mm-hmm. I think my health is probably mm-hmm. close to yours. But my goodness, your ability to just go and go. But I will say, when I first met you, <laughs> it was irritating. I thought holidays were, well, we, we, we're here. We're next to the pool. We're going to lay mm. like suntan and then we're going to go for drinks <laughs> and we're going to go for alcohol. Little did he know yeah. I had an itinerary. Yeah. And then, <laughs> day um, by day. but you know what? When no, I, look I did back, leave some free time. We did. Yeah, I but, did. But yes. the point is that so you could choose something. All the holidays <laughs> we've had and we've had a lot. I mean, we, we, we do it a lot. It's the, the memories are. Yeah. You've just like the memories are full. You feel full. Yes. Live life. Live, live, live life. Um, yeah. So another way of, of doing it. Okay. So I remember one of the best gifts that we've ever received is three Christmases ago. We went to our, we've, we, we don't have it anymore, but we had a farm in Nottingham Road. The girls made us each a jar, a glass jar decorated beautifully. Mm. And there was little scrolls inside them. And they, cause it was the 25th of December, they gave, and myself, they gave Bella and they gave Steph a jar of 25 reasons why we love you. And then every scroll had a different picture inside it with words of like what it meant. So it can be whatever your, um, your clenching jaw, because Steph's got a jaw that when he's angry, clenches it, you know? Oh, really? Yes. Or it was a, a Bella's like a gurgle gut laughter, or it doesn't matter, but like it, it was so amazing. You open every scroll and, you know, here these human beings made so much effort. They got cardboard, they printed things out in the printer, they stuck them, they rolled them, they put a little tie around each one, filled with smarties. It was like the most, for- one of the most thoughtful gifts I've ever received. And it was just showing that I matter. 
They see me. Mm. They know me. I ca- they care. Um, and it was just so thoughtful because it was kind of highlighting all my quirks, my qualms, my, my cracks, my good parts, my not so good ones. It was just so real and special. Anyway, so it just, that was the thinking about a jar thing, but Jay Shetty did this thing at the beginning of the year. It definitely went viral. I mean, I watched it. I think millions of people watched it and shared it. And yay, some positivity being shared. And it was sticky notes. And at the end of every week, you write the highlight of the week, something really cool that happened that week. And you can date it and you can put a little description of like what happened that week that was like, this was the best moment this week. It was epic. And you put those 52 sticky notes somewhere, whether it's on a mirror or you put it in a, in a book or on a like cardboard or something. At the end of every year on the 31st of December, you take time to go through all the sticky oh, wow. notes. And in one year, you had 52 highlight memories. Hmm. So you reflect back on the year and you're like, oh my word. I remember that day and you chat about and laugh about it. I remember that day and you, you look back and say, what a year. I've had 52 and that was just the ones that you recorded. Mm. 52 major moments that were highlights, that were moments of joy that you had to write down. You know, and it's that again, it's cultivates joy. So you start your next year feeling full. Like I had a really great year besides all the setbacks and the adversity and da 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 da, all the negative crap that will happen in every year in some way or form. I also had so much life. I had so much joy. I had so many moments. And so it's, again, it's just cultivating that, that gratitude for these moments that you had in the last year, even despite the challenges. There has to be an app for this. We should so, get one of my engineers <laughs> to build one of these apps. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there Sticky is a gratitude app. I'll look into it. But yeah. you know, that's that. And then something that I was exposed to years ago is it sounds a bit grim. Because, but it is going to happen. It's the only kind of thing that's guaranteed, right? In life is death and taxes. <sighs> so, with having like a little exercise that you can do is you can write your funeral story. So imagine the eulogy, the eulogy, but imagine the funeral. So imagine the day. What are people going to be saying? about you oh, who's yeah. going to be talking yeah, this is powerful yeah what music's mm. going to be playing what are the yep. people going to be eating where's it going to be who's going to show up <laughs> what are they the, what's the narrative around your life yep. are people celebrating are they mourning are there mm. is it like over quickly and no one's really having a party afterwards you know what are people saying about you what how mm. did you make those people's lives better how did you make them feel whilst you were on this planet you and i went to mark Bulgram's memorial oh. and that's where you your eye broke you, down. I yeah, mean, I was yeah. a complete hot mess because he's you, just a few older, uh, years older than you. But wow, what, what his friends and colleagues and family members had to say about him. Sure, beautiful. Mark. <laughs> like, wow. No, I don't yeah. want to get into it. I'm going to get all tearful. Stop, stop, stop. Okay. Um, deep breaths. Why did you do that to me? <laughs> Sorry, baby. But that's the last time I heard you. No, the, the, when you brought the subject up was when after, when we walked away mm. at CCJ, and as we were walking up, in fact, in the car on the way home, you were saying that. Now imagine what your day like this will be. Yeah. And what people will say about you. And then, so the yeah. whole point about it is that you can be 20 when you write this. If you're listening to this and you're 45, it doesn't matter. Mm. Go sit somewhere beautiful and quiet. Get a few pieces of paper, notebook or something. Put it in the safe afterwards. Somewhere that somebody who loves you and knows you knows that, or like even if it's your will, what do mm. the people call the people that keep your will safe? I don't know what they're called. Okay, the, those okay, guys. Yeah, and give it to them, you so, know, or something. Somebody must know where it is. 
so it's the music you're going to play, the food that's going to be eaten. It's like the plan for your funeral, guys. This is how you want to be buried. This is like everything, right? But most importantly, what do you want people to be saying about mm. you? How do you want the energy to be in the room or the venue? And what memories do they regurgitate when they're on that stage? What difference did you make to those people's lives? How many people were there? You know, like, did you touch a lot of lives? Or maybe it's not about the, the quantity, but it's about the quality, the, mm. the people's lives that you really authentically changed. So go write it. But what are you now, writing down? Now, are you writing what you want people now to live say? It. Now, wait, 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 before you get there. Everything. Everything. The you, music, the, the, the energy, the but, feeling. The, it's what tangible. People said, so it's what do you, yes, what people say, what they're thinking about you, who shows up. And okay. I'll go, go make so sure if you that, want, okay. if you want your mom and dad to show up for your funeral, but right now you don't talk to your mom and dad and you make no effort at mm. all for you, like with your parents. Okay. You just kind of think you've got time. Maybe go and if you want your mom and dad at your funeral, maybe have a look at that relationship mm. and say like, what am I doing to make sure that that happens? So mm. in other words, write the funeral story. Now go live your life in accordance to that funeral story to powerful. make that come true. Mm. So that that is what people are saying. Go live that life now. You can't have that beautiful funeral if you don't live your life like that now, mm. because it's now that matters. Every encounter, every conversation, every opportunity to make somebody's day better, everything that you do for one another, it matters. Mm. Do it now. Live that life now, a life that you are proud of, so that when you are up there looking down and these people are saying these things, you can say, I lived my life with purpose and passion and meaning and it, and I made a difference to these people. And look what they're saying about me. This is exactly how I wanted it to mm. go. It's too late when you when you're done. Right. You know. So so these are the kinds of things that need to provoke thoughtfulness, mindfulness, intention with your day, um, and that cultivating this 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 feeling of joy in every single day. Every day counts. Every week counts. Everything matters. The people you surround yourself, the 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 literature you consume. Everything matters and everything is cultivating the sense of happiness or joy in your life. So on the last point, because I've had this, a lot of people ask me about this and I've said, I will definitely cover this last point in, in joy in this whole um, podcast series episode. Hello. All right. So uh, there are a lot of people out there that say to me, how do you have the energy to do what you do? Yes. Okay. So like, where does it come from? How do you, so besides being healthy, right? And making sure I get my sleep and I take my vitamins, I, I train on my rebounder every day, I make time for me, etc. So besides the fundamentals of the physiological requirements of my body and making sure I'm healthy and strong, the mind is, plays the biggest part of all, okay? In this entire sort of wholeness picture is the power of our mind that we can really achieve anything if our mind has come to the party. And for me, I honestly love what I do and I have a purpose and an intention for my life and my weeks and my days. And even when things get hard and I go down and I will, I will get back up mm -hmm. because ultimately my conviction for what I want to achieve in this world, in this world, in my time here is so strong and it's not just passion, right? And purpose that I've known for a very long time since I was five, my dolls were sick. I knew I wanted to care for people. And that story I think I told on the yep. last podcast. Yeah. But it's, it's what I love plus the fact that I am good at it plus the fact that it's useful. Hmm. So in, in, um, the live like a monk, 
with Jay Shetty. I'm referencing him a lot because I think he's pretty amazing, him and his wife. I love their whole vibe. It's just full of positivity. Go follow their pages. They call that your Dharma, D-H-A-R-M-A. So like almost like the opposite of karma, you know? And so this is where your passion and your expertise, so what you're good at in a way, and usefulness all meets equals your dharma. And now we all need to find our dharma, okay? Now this takes some time. For some people, you're lucky enough. For me, it was five years old. I knew what I wanted to do. I don't know how and why, but all the puzzle pieces fell together when I lived with the different families. I was a gymnast. I had anorexia. I love people, food, discipline. It all came together. I want to work in the fitness industry, health, wellness. And then it kind of unfolded as my career and I got a few awesome big breaks and whatnot. So I always knew I needed to work with people. I needed to work in health. I needed to educate and empower and make an impact. Since I was little, I wanted to make a difference. Okay. Not everybody has it so clear, so young. Other people really struggle with why they're here. This is a big problem because if you don't have a reason to get up every day, a purpose, something that you're, that you're good at, but you also are trained in, so you actually have a skill in it. So you actually, yeah, you're good at it, but you're also passionate about it. It gets you up in the morning. Plus it's useful. You're adding value to society and the world. If you don't have a purpose for getting up every day, good luck. It's going to be hard to generate joy. It's going to be hard, hard, hard to be motivated for the rest of your life if you don't love what you do and you don't feel like you're adding value here. So finding your dharma is a process and something that really helped me. So yes, I wanted to work in health and wellness, fitness, people, all of that. But what I wanted to do, I mean, it could have gone a million ways. I had a list like the notepad that I carry around with me everywhere and I drew a line down the middle on the top left hand side so left column was things I love okay next column so right hand column of the page things Things I loathe okay Mm. and I kept that list with me for a couple of weeks and every time I did something that made me feel alive I would write it down it fueled me I prioritized it. I kind of did it first in my day because it made me feel good. And I kept this list with me. And every single time I did something that energized me, I prioritized, I enjoyed it. It it fueled me. It gave me extra energy. I felt like I was good at it. People complimented me about it. People said, you're really good at that. You should do that more. I wrote all of that positive stuff in the left column. And then the right-hand column was every time I did something that really got me down, it didn't make me feel great. It robbed me of my joy or my energy levels. I feel like I put it off. So I clearly was, you know, kind of subconsciously not wanting to do it. Mm. So when you put something off, that's a really good sign that maybe you should do that less. So like accounting or admin or emails, like, oh my gosh. So I'd write everything, everything that I did that I really didn't enjoy. So even, you know, cooking every day, I like to be in the kitchen, but you make me cook as a chore and I am going to put it in that loathe column. And I am proud of it. Don't make me cook every day of the week. Make me cook when I have time on the weekends. Let By the me way, bake. this, this was a hard one for me in the yeah, beginning. Don't make me cook every day. Don't make this a job for me like I owe you something and yeah. I'm a female, I must cook. Don't do that because that goes in that loathe column. And then I outsource it. Okay. So everything, after you know two to three weeks of having this list, I looked at this and I was like, okay, all the things I love. And then I started to create the career I wanted out of all the things I love, realizing I love it. I prioritize it, it fuels me, it energizes me, it motivates me, and I'm quite good at it. So I started piecing together, which like happened in time, this kind of like career 
that had never happened before me, you know, and I, and I created it. It's not something that anyone else has done before me. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, and some of the stuff I'm doing, I'm, I am leading the way mm-hmm. and the paving Definitely. the path for the yep. next group. And now I'm training hundreds of, of trainers to do the same because mm-hmm. I want them to have that path too. Mm-hmm. And I want them to have experienced the joy I have in my career. Not that it's been easy, but it has been joyful. And on the right hand column, everything I, I was really robbing me of my joy, it made me angry. It irritated me. It changed my mood. And, and, and I looked at that and I said, right, you need to do less of this. Realistically, in every small business, you can't do none of it. So I just started doing less and less of it, getting a friend to do this for me or that for me, outsourcing it, doing, deciding to like can it all together. Like this is, I'm just not going to, I'm going to stop that. I hate it. Or I would outsource it. So the next time I made money, I was like, I'm going to get an accountant to do that. I'm going to hire my best friend to be my half day PA, which is what I did. Mm. You know, I started outsourcing all the things that I wasn't good at and understanding the things that I'm not strong at. I'm weak at them. I suck. I putting it off. It robs me of my joy and it, and it actually stifles my creativity. So I, I'm therefore no, not putting enough effort into the things I am good at because I'm putting so much effort into things I'm not good at. Why? When I can pay somebody else to do that for me mm. or I can get a, a cook at home who cooks for me Monday to Friday so I can enjoy cooking on the weekend. So find out what you're good at, what you love, what you loathe and start working with data. With, and that comes from deep within the way you feel about things, how things make you feel. And I started there. That was like for me the beginning of cultivating this new, what do you call it, a vocation? Like it's yeah. my, it's my career. It had never been done before. I did it out of being very aware of, of what I'm good and, and not good at. So, that's kind of like the advice that I can give to others out there is if you're not quite sure right now what you should be doing on this planet and why you're even here in the first place. And it's robbing you of your joy. That's robbing you of your joy. You're finding it really hard to cultivate joy. Start with some of the things that I spoke about in the beginning, like gratitude, doing things for others. You know, movement is fantastic therapy. It definitely uplifts one. Also, start to understand everything that you're experiencing and feeling in a day, a week, and a month. And eventually, things will start to make sense for you, that this is where you need to be spending more time, whether it's with animals or helping other people, or whether it's in finance, like you're very organized, like maybe you should be somebody's PA or au pair or, you know, whatever. Just that the answers will come from that. But you need to actually, you know, spend time on that list. You need to actually be like self-aware of how things make you feel because that's where your ultimate career will kind of manifest itself like there from the lists you know so that is that really helped me does it does it make sense yeah it makes a lot of sense so i'm captivated by what you're saying i'm not just (laughs) yeah i i just uh, one thing that i'm learning as i listen to you wellness people specifically you is that it's never a quick fix. It's never just one thing. It's combinatorial, i.e., mm. it's if you're going to tackle this thing, it's death by a thousand wounds. It's movement. It's mindset. It's showing up. Mm. It's attitude change. It's being mindful. Mindfulness. Mm. It's and and what but what I pick up is throughout the entire thing about joy that you said today. I think joy and the, the cultivation of joy, the word that comes up to me that's transversal around all the points in terms of making it a reality in someone's life is being mindful. Mm. 
And the whole notion of mindfulness. Yeah. It's being mindful of what food you're putting into your body relative to your joy. How you move your body relative to your joy. How do you expend your time relative to your joy? Who do you spend time with relative to your joy? So it's not just one thing. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like you said, it's a cultivation. And cultivation and you create is, it. You totally and utterly create your own joy. But it's a very complex word, cultivation, because it mm -hmm. has creativity in it. It has, mm -hmm. it has effort in it. It's got diligence in it. It's got time in it. Yeah. And compound interest is clearly how wellness works. Mm -hmm. So, you know, from an investment perspective where I come from, you know, the best investments that I've ever made weren't investments that were quick and dirty and boom, boom, boom. It was compounded. It was patience. It was continual. And you just drip, drip, drip. And over a period of 10 years to 20 years, it's incremental and it's exponential. And I wish someone had explained compound interest to me mm -hmm. properly when I was much, much, much younger. Because I think I would have done everything in life a whole lot different. That feels like joy. There's an element of compound interest in terms of well joy creates more joy and it creates more joy, joy and it just gets easier just to be grateful and it gets easier and it becomes a habit a and enough. anything that you do cons consecutively consistently over time becomes a habit right. so you do get those people that are very joyful I mean we've got a client like that in the studio who's just so positive she mm. is just incredible and like, she gets a bit of a thundercloud face but it, it disappears within seconds she just forgives very easily mm. she moves on very easily mm. life's short you know, so she, she, she feels the feelings, mm. but they don't last. They don't, she doesn't hold grudges and mm. things. It's amazing to see it, but she has definitely practiced that over time and it's become her nature. Mm. It's now her nature. So the last little thing I want to say here that if you are also struggling with that list of like loathe and love, chase curiosity, not passion. Okay. So you might be passionate about something. But it might not necessarily be something that could be a vocation, right? Or it could maybe not be something that you're that, that good at. So passion is one thing. It's great. But to find like your real purpose and stuff, you've got to be, you've got to be uh, curious. And curious means saying yes to stuff, trying new stuff, exposing yourself to new communities, reaching out to people. Every opportunity out there is a reason for you to try something new. Be curious in life. Expose yourself to as many opportunities as possible. Try as many new things as possible. Get curious about life. Because in those curiosity moments are going to come your answers. Because the more you're exposed to these things, the more you're going to find your, your, the things you, lo you love versus the things you loathe. So passion is one thing. But for me, curiosity is actually really important to be able to expose yourself to as much as you possibly can. Try new fitness modalities. Try new things you thought you love finance and then you go into something else and you're like oh my gosh i actually love this even more it's because you only thought you love finance but maybe you're actually really good at something else and you're not that great at finance mm -hmm. so like try something else try this try that try flower arranging try party planning try whatever it is until you find the thing that not only are you good at but you also love it mm -hmm. and it's useful make sure it's useful mm -hmm. you know find your purpose Okay. Lastly, I need to wrap up. Something I want to bring up in one of our future podcasts is like another way to cultivate joy is to understand your, the people in your, in your area, your surroundings, whether it's your colleagues, your family, friends, and that is through the five love languages and through the Enneagram. We need to talk about that on a future podcast yes. because that definitely is going to cultivate joy because there's just less friction mm. in your life. There's less drama. Let's mm. be honest. We don't need the drama. It helps you with your um, EQ. It helps it you with all that. It just makes life more pleasant. Mm. So mm. let's unpack that on a separate um, a separate uh, podcast. And the last, last thing, because we really do need to end. Oh my goodness, this is longer than the first. 
I'm so sorry, everyone. Okay. Um, well, I hope it was useful. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, the last thing is reflection. So at the end of every day, a beautiful thing to do when you're lying in your bed and you're being quiet with yourself is to go through your day. Go through all the highlights, okay? All the good moments and just replay them back again. Feel that emotion all over again because it's amazing. Say, oh, that happened and I bumped into so-and-so and I achieved this goal and I, you know, landed up mastering a move on my rebounder. I mean, I'm keeping it very simple here, but it could be a promotion. It could be anything, anything that was positive in your day and go back and remind yourself of that so that you're also cultivating joy before you fall asleep, okay? But also, if there were negative things that happened in the day, things that weren't ideal, go back, reflect back on that thing and replay, so replay them the way they panned out, which wasn't maybe ideal. You reacted badly, moment of rage, just a poor use of words, or maybe you did something really stupid. Like, and you think, oh, damn, I should not have done that. Now go back and replay it again with the outcome that you wished had been the reality. So with the intended outcome, the, the way that you wished it had have gone. Mm. Okay. So that it could be one of those positive thoughts rather, not one of those negative ones. Replay that situation again with the outcome that would have been more desirable. Okay. So that you rewiring that brain, mm. that sort of like mind loop. Because the next time you're in a situation just like that or the next one, you would have already played out the whole situation plus the positive outcome. And that will be your rewiring. So it won't be the negative way that, that it did happen that you regret, right? Because mm-hmm. you could be full of regrets. It's not that. That, that can't be your last interaction with that situation. Right. Go back, reflect back on all the positive, all the negative, replay the negative and end it better. End it the way it should have ended. End it the way you, you regrettably didn't end it. Mm. And you're kind of living with yourself at the end of the day going, wow, I really did not handle that situation well. And I regret it. And maybe it's irreparable, even after apologies and whatnot. So go back, replay that again. Finish it well. Finish it the way you wish it had finished. Rewire your brain. Change that positive loop. And next time something happens to you like that, that will be the way that you respond because you've already replayed it the way it should have responded. So that's your memory of it, not what you did do. Mm. So reflection is really important for for empowering ourselves, giving ourselves the tools to be better humans. We all want to be better. So once you know better, do better. So don't go at the end of the day saying, oh, well, it's just a bad, uh," you know, actually go back and say, that didn't work well. I now know better how I should respond. Now, next time, do better. Hmm. Don't do that again. Okay. And the only way you do that is to rewire the brain. Go and spend five, 10, 15 minutes, whatever, Every night when you're lying in bed, reflect on your day, change that narrative again. So the next time you're in a difficult situation, you can react better because you know better. So yes, and we have to end there. So yes, I hope that that was insightful. And uh, some of the little nuggets that I literally scribbled together on a piece of paper 10 minutes before starting of just some of the things that I live by some of my beliefs and for all those of you listening thank you for making it to the end of this two hour podcast um i loved it i i actually feel so fueled by it it's scary um it's reminded me of a lot of the things that i needed to remind myself of i feel very happy right now i feel i'm full of joy right now and also i think paying it forward you know like I feel like I've done something for some, for others. Mm. Like now I've imparted some of my own wisdom or knowledge or experience. And I feel like full of joy because I got to speak about it and I got to maybe help someone else who's listening to this. 
So yes, paying it forward really does cultivate joy. It's amazing, babe. Thanks, babe. Sure. <laughs> Yay! Are we done? I think we are. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't even want to say anything. I think I'll diminish it if Sorry. I say anything. I think it's it's just yeah. Thank you. It's my pleasure, babe. Thank you. You're Thanks amazing. for listening, everyone. We'll see you on the next one. You're amazing. Mwah. Ditto. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.